today, fellas. So, Lyndon, whenever you're ready, brother, take it away. Oh, and have a great weekend. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lyndon Burton, a.k.a. Young Boy Dewitz, a.k.a. The People's Champ, a.k.a. Beard <laughs> is in the mother fucking building. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this episode 146. Ooh, we getting close to the 150 mark. And for the 150 mark, we got something special for y'all. But joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. Doom. Doom, how you doing today, brother? I'm good, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Can't complain. Doing well on this on this on this uh Wednesday night. Man, we keep alternating. Last week Brooklyn was on this week as you. Next week we're gonna get both y'all on. We just have to do it early in the day. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's all fine. it is to it. But Shout out to my nigga B. He will be back next week. But, man, I'm super excited to do this pod because I got some questions that I wanted to ask you. I got one that we're going to ask in the beginning and one that we're going to ask at the end. But before we get into any of that, bro, this quarantine shit looking worse and worse as we get as we keep pushing along. And, and we yeah, said this bro. a month ago. We said, Dr. Fauci said we weren't going to have no concerts, no public events till 2021 fall. And it's looking that way, bro. I was talking to somebody today, some older gentleman. He was like, Oh, yeah, I think we'll have football with people in the stands. I was like, nigga, what? Yeah, he said, no I saw way. on Facebook, he was like, instead of having 80,000, they're going to have 15,000. It's going to be people spread out. I was like, nigga, do you not understand that there's supposed to be a max limit of, like, 50 people in a spot? And mind you, a football game, you, ha- you have 50 people just on one team, let alone the coaches. The st- right. Like, I don't know so, how football about to happen. I mean, hopefully they do something, though, because we need sports. Yeah, and I know. I know MLB said they' down to keep playing too. We're gonna see, and that's uh, we talk about this a little later in Bros Who Ball with a uh, shout out to Charles from the Primetime Pod. He's on this episode, and we uh, redraft the 2017 NFL draft and the 2015 NBA draft. And he was just talking about what he's been hearing. He don't think we're gonna have college football and college basketball at all. He thinks we might yeah. have NFL, a little bit of NBA season. If not, it's gonna start back in Christmas. And then maybe some MLB. But the thing is, is is the NBA has smaller teams and but it has more contact. Whereas the MB, MLB, if the MLB happens, we can start to see other teams because in the MLB, you don't have to really touch too, too or be close to around people sweating and shit. Right. Where football and basketball, that's full contact. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting because I, I kind of want to know what it mean, what it would mean for the like student athletes. It's not like they can get those years back. But I think the in in the NCAA already said for everybody who missed the tournament last time and everything, they're gonna give them their eligibility. So I assume if they don't play this season, you're gonna not only get last year's eligibility, but this year's. Like for basketball, at least for football, you'll just get this year's because football season you had everything happen last year. But in terms of basketball, I think you're gonna get two years of eligibility. But I don't know how that helps people who are like in a who's like 23. Like they needed right. this season to yeah, go to the league. Yeah, yeah. You lose two years of your age. You know what I mean? Which and, even if they still go pro, they two years older than what they would have been. Yep. And it's like you know how the ML the the NBA is to where it's like they want one and dones. They want you as young as possible so they can groom you up. Right. They don't really want to take 24, 23, 25 year olds anymore. You got to be nineteen, eighteen, twenty, maybe twenty one at right. the max. 
Yeah. And, and, and then NBA, even that's old as a prospect. You know what I mean? For an NBA player to be 21 coming out of college, you're kind of old. <laughs> like yeah. I, Before that was young. Now it's like, nigga, you are super, super old. So yeah. we're going to see how that goes. But the first question I wanted to ask you, because I, I don't know what, this came to me in a dream. And I was, I dreamed we was talking about this shit. And I don't even know why this came out. But my first question that we, to start the pod off is, have you ever had a paranormal experience, whether with ghosts, uh, ghouls, whatever that may be, or aliens? Have you ever had some sort of paranormal experience? Because I, I got so. one. But I think it's because I don't believe. But I know a lot of people who I, like, I deem to be smart people, they say that they have. So I have. I so look, let me, let me tell you, I was in... My old house, my, my mom and them old house, it was, uh, and the thing is, they said, they weren't sure if it was on an Indian burial ground or whatever. I don't know if the cops was fucking with me or whatever. But, so I was in my mom and them room because they had the big ass screen TV and they had like a little extra bed on the ground. And I don't know why they had this at the time, but I was on the little extra bed because my mom and them had the big ass screen TV. I was being a creep ass nigga watching porn on a flat screen TV <laughs> in the little extra bed. Nigga was beating his meat. And all, while I'm doing this, all of a sudden, I think I see this black shaded creature. I can't describe. It was like this hooded black creature. I'm looking at the side of my eye. It's looking at me. I keep, I'm going to keep fapping. Whatever, nigga. Fuck this shit. I don't know what that shit is. I'm done fapping. <laughs> As I'm getting close to the bus, I see this thing get closer to me. And I look. I get up. And I just take off running towards the shit. The shit starts running that way. And in my mama's house, you go out her room. You go to the hall towards my room. It went towards my room. And I went outside. Nigga, I called the cops. The cops come search none. Didn't see shit. Bro, I swear with everything in me that that hooded <laughs> figure was crazy. 100% staring at me. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? That's crazy, bro. That's Straight wild. paranormal experience. That's, That's like, wild, bro. I can't. Like, niggas don't believe me. The cops came now. They was like, bro, is your house built on an Indian burial ground? And other cops like, I think so. And them niggas was just clowning. And I was like, nah, bro. Y'all don't understand. They was trolling you. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but I know a lot of people that say they have, bro. They really do. Like, they firmly believe that shit. You know what I mean? So Look. maybe I was just lucky or unlucky. I don't know. No, that's never, lucky you don't have that experience. That shit I'll is scary. Yeah. Because, bro, I swear I but was But some younger. people, like, they, they got, like, good experiences. Like, this chick I used to work with, she swore to God that she saw her grandmother who had passed. And like she was in the crib, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she thought it was like in the flesh type shit. Like it wasn't, you know, some people say they they'll see certain shit moving and be like, oh, that's such and such. Yeah. But she was like, nah, I saw her in the flesh. You know what I mean? She Damn. said she had like went down downstairs in the middle of the night or some shit, like 2 a.m. And she just saw her grandma chilling in her living room. See, that's crazy, man. And that that could be the grandmother was trying to get a message out. Who knows what that is? Yeah, that's nuts. That's wild, but, bro. But I believe in that shit. Like, I, there's there's too many people that didn't had that experience and they were sober and, like, cognizant people. Like you said, some of the smartest people. That shit got to be real. Like, yeah. and it's like you said, I feel like the more you believe in it, the more you're accustomed to it. And the less you believe in it, the less you're accustomed to it. I believe in it enough to where... The shits don't happen to me all the time, but like, yeah, <laughs> it, it yeah. didn't happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I ain't, I ain't trying to have that shit happen all the time. Cause I swear I was in middle school or not middle school, high school. Cause I was going to girls' houses without their parents there. And it was me, <laughs> a dude and two chicks and, and like, maybe like another dude. 
And the chick was like, it was at who house it was, she was like, oh, let's mess with this Ouija board. I got I said, nope, this white people shit. And I walked out the room. They started messing with the Ouija board. I was downstairs. I swear the light started flickering. I was like, oh, I'm leaving. Like, I didn't even That's stay. Crazy. I told my niggas, That's I said, crazy. peace, I'm outie. And I went to the CC's at River Ranch and two niggas, them two niggas came at me and he was like, bro, this shit was wow. I was like, see? That's white people shit. Y'all that's shouldn't crazy. have stayed for that shit. Y'all crazy. See, I guess I take it back. I guess I do believe in it a little bit because that's one thing I won't fuck with, bro. I've never fucked with a Ouija board. The no. one time I ever came across some people fucking with it, same reaction, bro. I was like, nope, I'm <laughs> no, good. No, I do not fuck I'm with straight, that. Bro. Like, uh-uh, because it was me, a black dude, a white dude, two white girls, and maybe another white dude. And I, and I told him, I was like, bro, this is white people shit. I'm out of here. I'm out. Yep. And my white friends was like, nah, man, let's see what happened. They might talk to us. I was like, they could talk to you. And I'm talking to yeah. me. Like, what if y'all, right? bro, if that shit is real, what if you summon some big ass demon that just want to butt rape you? Like, right. nah, they fuck that, bro. And bro, what's crazy is they say like, once you open a door to you that You can't close shit, it. You, yeah, you like forever in that little no, zone. I can't, no. nah, I'm good. No, I'm good. I I'm sleep good. too well at night. Like, I ain't trying to fuck That's with that. I'm not trying to fuck up my sleep. Fuck that. Niggas be clowning. And like, I don't know why you do that on your free will. Like, oh yeah, let's just Mess yeah. with this little no, <laughs> no, yeah, no I'm fucking. Good. I'm good I'm on good. all of that. But we got a. That was just one of the questions I want to ask you. But we got a lot of new music. Let's start off with the new party next door with Trippy Red. I loved, love, love, love this song. I felt like this song was needed, and it just it felt good coming after the album. It's called Excitement, Trippy Red, and Party Next Door. What you thought? You you ain't fuck with it? I I fucked with it. Like it was it was one of those when I heard who was on the song. It was an odd pair. Mm -hmm. So I was real nervous going into it. So I think because my expectations was low and it actually was a decent song, I was like, yo, I could fuck with this. Now it wasn't like, you know, the next smash or nothing. Oh, like yeah. That, no, it wasn't a top 10 hit. It was just it was hard. a good song. I fuck with it. Yep, I, fuck I agree with that. And like you said, coming off the album, I think that sound is like, all right, if you leaned in the experiment with that kind of sound, I, I could fuck with it. I could see that being a good little shit for him. And I think the way him and Trippy's voices just melded, it just it just worked really well. And I was I was really happy for Party on that. But somebody I wasn't happy for, and I feel like you like this project. And I'm just I'm gonna just keep a spade a spade, bro. High off life for future. It might have like five to six good songs. It's 21 songs deep, including a Life Is Good remix and Life Is Good. Bro, Future has not put out a quality like okay. And when I say this. I mean, like a tier, like a a plus, like a from not from a hundred to like ninety. That was yeah. the DS two Beast Mode Fifty Six Nice Monster. Now, whether you feel like Purple Rain is an a B, a B, or, or the one with Hendrix is a B, or Future, I'm not I'm not gonna argue with that. But I just don't think he's put out the quad. Like I think he's past his peak, is what I'm trying to say. And this high off life, it was good. But it just wasn't, I'm I'm tired of hearing the same old future sounds and I'm just, I'm over it at this point. Yeah. And I can see that. Like, I do agree with that, that it, it sounds like the usual future. So that's on the album is that it don't, it was nothing new. He didn't progress at all with the album. But the songs that he did give us, I think was fire, bro. Like, I yeah, fucked fuck with it. Like, because... His last project, the one before this, wasn't it. You know what I mean? To me, it wasn't it. 
Even his past couple projects, I want to say, because he had the the album he dropped before this one, and then he had like the um, he had like a collab project with Juice World. Oh yeah, he did. I see. I don't even count that. That shit was not good. Yeah, it was trash. And I thought that was gonna be heat, bro, because that was like at Juice World peak. You know what I mean? So I was like, yo, this about to go hard. And he let me down with that shit. And I think one of the reasons it was trash was because of Future. Like he just didn't deliver. You know what I mean? So like it look I from Save Me to he had Save Me, which I didn't fuck with. The Wizard, I didn't fuck with. Future and Juice World, I didn't fuck with. Beast Mode 2, I didn't fuck with. And I don't you a young thug fan, so you probably fucked with super super slimy because of thug, but I ain't fuck with that shit. Hendrix and Future was our was decent. Yeah. And I didn't fuck with uh Super Slimy. The only reason I think that that's a good album is because Kill Before was on that album, and that was my shit. See, I wore that shit out. But bro. that's a thug, but you fuck with it because of yeah. thug, though. Yeah, and that was yeah, thug was the only one on that song. Like, Future wasn't even on that one. So see, I, I definitely, I definitely, I won't argue you on the future point, but I like this new project. Like he was in his future bag. See, I like Solitaire. I, I like the song with Travis. I like the young boy did his thing. I fuck with the one with Young Thug. The Lil Uzi song is straight. I even fuck with the Lil Dirk song, but that's five. We got 20. Like, why did he put 21 songs on his bitch? That's yeah. too it's, fucking it's, it's many. It's streaming shit. They just try to run the numbers up. It's and it worked. too many, bro. It like, worked, Jesus. Bro. The only reason why he went gold is because the life is good. Like, let's call it yeah. spade a spade. If he that's didn't have life right. is good on there, I don't know if this project sells as many numbers as it sells. Yeah. No, definitely not. If, if life is good wasn't on there, it wouldn't have charted like that you know oh, what i mean bro. but it might have did 50,000 souls the the majority's opinion is yours though like they looking for something different from future and i think as far as like if if we don't get something that's like progressive with future that's never gonna happen he should have just you do an I mean? r&b like, project just yeah that would be hard if he did that that would be hard like just like, straight if he up gave us just all r&b, R&B but he kind of did that with with the future and the Hendrix shit, like when he did that double album thing, and that's the, the last Hendrix good one. one was supposed to be, yeah, that was supposed to be like his R and B side, like all the eighties type music. He don't even like go into his R and B bag heavy, cause like if he would, my, to me, the, to me, the best future song to this day is Codeine Crazy. That song is fucking yeah. nuts. The way he sang on that, that he, could still, he could still keep his street stuff and everything, but just give us that street R&B, Cody and Crick, give us seven songs of that, and I guarantee that shit would be a smash. Hell yeah. So I, I, I it's just, this this project for me gets a C. A straight a up C. C. A C. I gotta be honest, uh, well, I, I won't disagree with the C, but I'll go just because I was going into it, looking at it from what I expect for future, I give him a B plus. All it right. wasn't like an A, you know what I mean? But it was up there. It was. Yeah, I ain't mad at that because I had high. I, I got to stop having certain expectations for certain artists. But see, future to me had the respect of I should have high expectations for you. Where yeah. and then whereas before I didn't have those expectations. So when I heard Fifty Six Nights Beats Mode. Uh, Monster, DS2, I was like, this shit is fire, no expectations. But after that, you got to have expectations because it's like you put out four projects in a row that's super smash. I can't go with these low expectations because if I do, you'll never progress past the bar that you set for yourself. Yeah, which that's his, his only problem. I think like 
for me, the reason why that album hit differently is because I don't, I don't group them into the tier of niggas that most people do. Like I think because Future been in the game for so long, they try to hold them to that top tier level, like where he should be with the Drakes and with the, the Coles and shit. He I keep not, him in that, that meek, you know, the meek Wale, the the beat, yeah. the trap. Yeah, that's why I put him. Yeah, but he don't live up to that. He, he not like in there. A he, he in the same. Yeah, he in the same tier with like the Gunners and the little babies to me. And like he should have been past he that. Up. Yeah, he should have. He should have. That I agree with. But because I look at his music on that level, I don't think, you know, the album delivered. Because that that was better than anything that Gunna put out. That was better than anything that Little Baby put out to me. And I know niggas gonna probably kill me for saying that. Wait. That's, that's kind of a hot take. You think but it was better than the Little Baby album that dropped this year? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Because Little Baby don't do it for me. Little Baby uh, okay. is just one of those, like, those trap auto-tune niggas, like, he say little fire shit and he talk greasy because he gangster and he could, you know, but the music don't be that good to me. He got the same, the same complaints I have with Uzi shit. It's like, it's just that I get a bunch of beats from the same producer, hop in the studio and freestyle over these cold-ass beats. And like, it sound good, but at some point, are you going to tell me something and are you going to progress with your music? You know what I mean? And I don't think none of them niggas do that. And that's why I grew Future. Okay, I was about to say, at least you said that last part, because that, what you just described is 100% Future's career. Like, 1,000%. Yeah, that's, yeah. Look, man, that's why it's just like, ooh, that, and, and shout out to Julian, but me and him got an argument on Twitter. He was like, you ain't listened to that album enough to understand what Future, I was like, bro, Future not saying shit. I listened to that album twice, and I don't have to listen to that album no more, bro. Like, Cause yeah. the way I do it is when new shit drop on Fridays, I listen at midnight. You already know the moment it drop, I'm cranking that shit up, doing my thug thizzle, getting in a vibe, let that shit play. And then depending on how I feel the next, well, even if I don't like it the first day, the next day when I wake up, when I'm in a different, like a, it's a bright outside, it's sunny, like different state of mind in that night. I see if it yeah. rocked during the daytime. And if that shit don't rock in day or night, I know it's not <laughs> the one. <laughs> and yeah. that's just how I felt about that future shit. But I, I, I'm not mad at nobody who fuck with it. Because like I said, it got seven to six quality songs on it. But it's just, all them beats sound the same. It's 21 yeah. songs. And it's like, if you'd have made this 10, we might have a whole different conversation. Yeah. But they do it just for the streaming, bro. And I think he knew Life is Good was doing what it was doing. He was like, let's hurry up, get the project out. Which was yeah. all part of his plan. You know what I mean? Like... A lot of these niggas only make music for numbers. Like they not, they not about sitting the there planning out like how can I make a great album? How can I make a, a everlasting album? Like something that'll still rock ten years from now. Like that's not their goal no more. They're just trying to get the plex. And he I got feel it, like so. I feel like that's a detriment to rap right now, though, man. Because like it is. It so is. many people do. Do we not remember the down? Like I know black people might not be fully knowledgeable in this because it's not our genre, but that's what happened to rock. And that's why rock became a downfall because it was a bunch of people that was just putting out quote unquote pop rock and just trying to chase a bag. And that's why the real, that's why rock fell so far because it was just a bunch of generic, same old, same old shit. And I don't want to see rap go down that hole, but I don't know if it will because hip hop is kind of what pop culture is and it would need another form of music that would come in and really dominate the culture. And I don't know if something's going to do that. 
Well, I think all it's going to take is for another genre to kind of get to the point to where people don't really pay attention to it in mainstream no more. Which I kind of like. I can't tell you the last time I heard a rock song, like a new rock song. It's been a minute. You know what I mean? Like I think rock will make its way back. Like it'll it'll be just like with anything else. History will repeat itself. You know what I mean? Like they gonna have a bunch of niggas that start making rock music again, and they got that real vibe, that real grimy that you rock. Know when you yeah. Listen to it. Like yo, they they trying to they trying to bring real music back. You know what I mean? And then people gonna kind of gravitate to that. The only thing that I think might save rap is that I feel like right now, especially black culture, just kind of running mainstream that, media. Period. And that's so, like, yeah, that's my thing. Not even just music. I just mean period. Like black. Yeah, no, black all across the board. And shit. Yeah, I yeah, agree with that. So we I might we might be safe as far as that. I think R and B might make a big boom because honestly, the R and B is putting out the best music out right now. For sure, like. Honestly, bro, that's the only thing I listen to right now. I ain't mad at you. I go because I went and checked out the Future Project. Decided that I really liked it, and to be honest, I maybe went back to it four or five times for a couple of the songs that I really liked. But besides that, bro, I'm still jamming Brent Fire's album. I'm still on that heavy. Really? You know what I mean? I'm still on Summer Walker album, and like them shit's been out for a minute, and I, bro. I would be lying if I said that I've done that with any album in a long time. Oh, yeah. You know the, what I mean? The only rap album I did that with is Tory New Toronto 3 because that actually has real bars on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. real, real And bars. I feel like the, the album went together well. It didn't sound like, let me take a bunch of songs that I think is hot and put them on the same project. Like, yeah, and just he He out. put the whole, like, the whole project was uh, it was meant to go together how it went. You know what I mean? 1, and that's why I fuck with Tory shit. And that is a project I went back to more than once. That's the only rap one I'm coming back to. And I'm so happy he put out that temperature. I'm so, ever since he got out the deal, Tory ain't missed yet, bro. Tory has not missed since he got out that deal from New Toronto 3. If you started at Chicks Tape 5, this Temperature Rising song is a... If people were outside, bro, that could be a number hard, one. Like, that shit is Hard, amazing. bro. Hard. He on a new level, bro. I really think he about to push niggas to really have to get on their shit. Fat, he, because he, he not just the... I'm going to put auto-tune on and back with the little basic flow. Like, he be coming. Like, when he rapping, he going crazy. Facts. His R&B, going crazy. Facts. You know what I mean? Like, I think he he really putting pressure on niggas in a good way. You know he, what I mean? I think he, he, he is officially in that B tier. He is coming for that A. Oh, yeah. It's him oh, and yeah. Travis Scott that's pushing the new generation. They're the leaders of it, officially. And honestly, bro, I think it's... It might be time to start comparing him to A tier. Because if I look at the other B tier niggas, outside of Travis, nobody fucking with him in that B tier. Nobody. I ain't you mad at I mean? that. I'm not like, mad at that at all. The only people that you could say doing better than Tory right now would be the Drakes and the Kendricks and the Olds. And like we discussed on prior pods, like if Drake and Kendrick kind of stepping back and Cole stepping back. That leave the eight tier wide open. Wide open. You know what that's, I mean? And that's Travis and, and Tory's spot to take. That's a fact. And it's just like, man, what happened to Chance? What happened to Bryson Tiller? What happened to like, bro, Bryson Tiller let me down so hard, bro. After and set it yeah. up wasn't even bad of a project, but it's just like, 
bro, you released all those Lucy's last year and you make people think you about to drop an album. No, I'm just chilling with my daughter. Well, I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but like, don't make it seem like you about to drop when you know damn well you're not. Yeah. And after you dropped a legendary project like Trap Soul. And then like you can't be doo-doo. one of those artists that disappear. You know what I mean? Like a nigga who drops something like that, he just can't be one of those niggas that take a step back. Was, Even though I do respect the get your bag and focus on your family thing, I respect the fuck on that. But you're not just one of those niggas that came in the game to get a bag. Like, you really was on some legendary shit. Especially, you can't do that, especially after you, when you drop your legendary project, drop set it off right after, and then just disappear. Like, if you'd have yeah. did Trap Soul and disappear, that's a little different. But you drop Trap Soul, then some trash, and then disappeared. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you Which doing? I, I, I respect it, bro. I mean, if he if he trying to, you know, spend more time now that he made it to be with his family and do cool. other shit, like, I respect that. But it's like, he could have been something serious. Like, he, we was looking at somebody who would have been like a... He would have been like eight tier. Age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He been he in that been drink any category. one of those eight tier RB niggas, he would have been up there. You know what I mean? And everybody just passed him up. Like, it's... I don't know if if Bryson comes back. This is a question I got for you because if Bryson comes back, does he get the same reception that he has? I think so. I think we we live in an age where it's like you can take breaks like that and still come back and be just as effective because people still keep it up on Twitter. Like I see people talking yeah. about Bryson Tiller shit still to this day. Facts. On Twitter, Instagram and shit, they'll post his songs and shit. Like, niggas still listening to Don't, like, that shit just came out. That's true. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm one of them niggas. I was just no. jamming the other day. You know what I mean? I, I jam exchange but, quite often. Yeah. That's that shit, shit, bro, he really went crazy. Like, I feel like when you somebody of that caliber and you put out a project like that, we're going to be checking for you. Regardless. You know what now, I mean? Now, another thing is, do you think he emptied his clip too early? Like, he put all his smashes on one project and now he don't have nothing to do like the Fetty Wap approach where Fetty Wap dropped seven smashes and now Fetty yeah. Wap is in obscurity. See, the difference with that is I think Fetty was one of those niggas he had like that specific box that he was in. All his songs was the same melody, same little catchy party radio song and that was the only bag he had. Yeah. With Bryson, I don't think that's the case. Like, I think Bryson is still talented. I just think maybe when the success came, he had less of a reason to, you know, give his all yeah. the project. You know what I mean? Because when you grinding, and I know he saw the traction coming before Trap Soul, and he was like, all right, this this the one. I'm about to make it. You know what I mean? And he put yeah. everything he had in the Trap Soul. I think now that he don't have that kind of pressure of, like, I need to go crazy. My he family, really, yeah, yeah. The the effort is kind of not there. No, but I, can, I, I think I can believe it. Niggas, niggas like Bryson, they always like if he do decide to get back into the studio, as long as he come with you know some writers that's ready to write and the right producers, he can drop another. It might not be another track, but he can drop another really good project. I don't think he gonna have the the effect like old boy. I can't remember his name. Yeah. You just said it. Fetty Wap. There you go. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> but that, that proved my point, though. That no, I get, my I get point. it. He, he one of them niggas. 
we got a question in from one of our listeners. Ian, Ian asked, uh, now that enough time has passed, how do we feel about the weekend versus party debate? And I still feel the same. Actually, I feel it even more. I like the part. I like Party Mobile way more than that weekend album. I don't touch See, that weekend album. And that's tough, bro, because like, like we was just saying, I'm an R&B nigga. So that's like, oh, that's in my rotation. And exactly. I kind of got like, what I do is when those type of albums drop, like the highly anticipated ones, I'll sit with that one project for like a week. And I'll save songs that I like that fuck with. from yeah. the project. And I'll make like a little playlist of like all the shit that dropped from those projects. I'll keep it a B and say that Party had more songs from his album that made his playlist. But when I go back and listen to the album just as a whole, like I like the weekends more. It's just not, I don't know how to explain it. It's not really, I'm not really in the vibe for that all the time. Cause you know, it sounded real retro and shit. Yeah. Poppy, like that's not really my bag all the time. I feel like Party got more replayability. So if we judging it on that, then yeah, Party won the battle. But I think just overall, who had the better, more like more polished album? I gotta go weekend. Mm, that's interesting. See, replayability plays into that for me though. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going party, man. Like, Ian, I, you got one one of us saying weekend, you got one of us saying party. That's just how it is. I'm not, that party project just is in rotation. Like, like I said, I don't know the last time I played one of them weekend songs on my shit. Bro, I always go back to that intro song. That, I keep forgetting that the name. Hard, that, that first song, that shit was hard, bro. Yeah. That was, that was that's one of my favorite weekend songs. And I'm including all the like the trilogy era shit. Like that's one of my favorite weekend songs. I ain't mad at that. But let me say this. Uh, I know you didn't listen to it, but another project that came out that I want to shine light on is Impotence by Terrence Martin. If you are an RB fan, this is no auto-tune. This is 100 percent soulful music. Terrence Martin did his thing. That EP is fire. But, bro, you know who EP didn't live up to my expectations? Roy Woods. Oh, shit. I didn't even hear it. I heard it was garbage. Yeah. So I didn't even... I was trying to get to it, but I seen Twitter killing them for it, so I didn't really... Yes. I wasn't rushing to it. Super. I heard it was pretty bad. I heard it was pretty bad. Bro, I had so much high expectations for Roy Woods. I feel like Roy Woods don't know who he's trying to be. Roy Woods trying to be a trapper when he should just be the singing nigga. That's all he yeah. should do. He just trying to be too many. He's he been struggling with that since early in his project. career, though. Like, I feel like his, his sound always emulated other people. You know he what I mean? Out of all the OVO artists, like, for example... Party, we knew Party was going to be good no matter what. Division has his own sound. Division is amazing. Even Maja Jordan. Maja Jordan, I still... If you ask me who is my... I think I like Maja Jordan more than Division. Like, 100, like 150%. Ooh, and I love crazy. Division. Like, I love, love, yeah. love Division. But something about Maja Jordan, the way they do 80s with 90s, like, all the different eras that they be fusing, something about Maja Jordan I super, super fucks with. But... Like you said, Roy Woods coming out of the jump, he just he didn't know what he wanted to be. And like I feel like that hurt him. And I and I don't think Drake, because that's not Drake's place, because as we know, 40 is the one who runs the label more so than Drake. 40 and Oliver, I don't know if they're helping that nigga. Like Roy Woods is just right. out there just throwing darts See, at a board and nothing sticking. And, 
and that's what me is because most artists, like when they're a new artist, most of them struggle with that. Like if you go and listen to any, even Drake, bro, like if you listen to his early shit, I feel like different. he struggled to find what his sound was. Facts. You know what I mean? But as the projects came, like I say, Take Care was like that first album where it solidified, okay, this is Drake's sound. And since like every project going forward, you knew what sound to expect. And it's just gross. Most artists figure it out between project two or three. Bro, Raw Wood's been in the game for <laughs> so long, and he still never, you know what I mean? Like, he's been in the game for a minute. Like, I feel like somebody should be helping him out. With that yeah, shit. Like, he should have found a, the producer he met with the best the writers that help him out. You know what I mean? Roy I don't know Woods what's going on, but has... I, I never heard the project. I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on him. So. Roy Woods has one, two, three, let me see, three, four EP, four projects, two of them are EPs, two of them are albums, and he still don't have his song. After four projects, bro, if you don't have it done down by four, it's time for me when I hang up your jersey and it's like I'm not putting that jersey on no more. That shit over with. Yeah. Like, I ain't wearing yeah, that shit sure. no more. Like, it's, it's just... Sure. It's over with for you, Roy. Sorry, but, like, that's just how it is. But that's all the music... I had to uh, discuss and say uh, we will be premiering two songs on the podcast today, one at the beginning and one at the end. And before we get to Bros Who Ball, but we still got some a lot of things to cover. Just want to throw this out while we're talking about music. We will be premiering a song by Rap Bomb. It is called Jimmy Jeans, and there's a lot, a lot of features on it. I'm sorry if I didn't say all your features' names, but I will say it before the song starts. Jimmy Jeans will be before Bros Who Ball, and at the end of the pod, we're premiering one of Chris's songs called Up Next off the Weeb, uh, Weeb God Up Next by Krista SJE. So that'll be at the end, and we got a Rap Bomb song, which is the world premiere before Bros Who Ball. But let's, let's talk about something, because I see a lot of podcasters trying to predict how the podcast and landscape going to go, and, they, and they've been taking old takes from us, dude. We, we predicted this months ago. Well, That's Bill Simmons got picked up by Spotify. Now Spotify has picked up another uh, giant in the podcasting game. They picked up Joe Rogan and his, and his entire platform. Joe Rogan will no longer uh, come September. There will be no more September 1st. Joe Rogan's podcast will no longer be on YouTube, will no longer be on Apple. He signed a $100 million or $100 plus million deal with Spotify to where now Spotify not only has the Ringer exclusively, but they have Joe Rogan exclusively. Before we talk about how this affects Joe Button, I feel this is Spotify is now the titan of podcasts. Yeah, that's a fact. That is a fact. Like, who else is there? Like, is there anything on Apple Podcasts that's hard? Barstool, like, even worse. Okay, but see, but Barstool I, I mean, has a whole channel. Like, they're on SiriusXM Radio. That's the thing. Yeah. But other and I, than- I think everybody can agree, like regardless of what podcast you a fan of, you can agree that the number one podcast is Joe Rogan. Yeah. Like, cause I feel like everybody at some point, you gotta tune in, even if you're not a fan of Joe Rogan. Like just the fact, like, like when we dropped this recent Elon Musk interview, everybody watched that shit. Fact. You know what I mean? Eli like, it, it's just one of those things, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's just true. one of those things, bro. Which is crazy, by the way. I'm like, wondering... It's, it's so wild to me that we live in, in a time where, like, the big dogs and tech, like a big tech CEO 
could just hop on a podcast, be chilling, shooting the shit, smoking weed and shit. Okay. We, we, we living in some crazy times, bro. Oh, everything social. And I, I'm wondering if this is a question like, will the Charlemagne's podcast, like Loudspeaker Network, will they sign in a, a full agreement deal with Spotify where you have the read, you have uh, Brilliant Idiots, you got the flagrant two niggas. Like, will they end up going over there? That's going to be something to see. I think they, they're going to have to end up going somewhere. Like, I think that's the new play. You know what I mean? Like, the same way TV networks or pick up TV shows or, like, Netflix or yeah. re-up for a new season of a hot show. Like, this is what we're going to start seeing in the podcast landscape. It's not just something that, you know, people do on the cool no more. Like, I think this is honestly where mainstream media is. No, I agree with that. Like, I feel like uh, more people get their news from podcasts than they do. CNN or Fox News. It's you either podcasts I mean? or YouTube videos. It's going to be interesting That's to see how, what Apple does to kind of go against the grain against this Spotify stuff because honestly... I only use Spotify to listen to podcasts because it's so simple. They don't they don't have the spot. And that's one thing I got to give them. Where with music, you got to pay for the the service to where you can not have a random order of a... Like on Spotify, if you don't pay for it and you go click on an album, it'll just play a random song. Yeah, you just got to... Shuffle it, yeah. Whereas with you podcasts... You play the shit you want to listen to. Exactly. That should be fucking with me. Whereas podcasts, you just go in and click it and play and it's good. It's going to be interesting right. to see how Apple moves from this. But the real question is, what will the other Joe do? Joe Budden, because he was Spotify's first exclusive. They have Jamel Hill. They have The Ringer. They have Joe Rogan. I think even with those three titans, if you lose Joe Budden, your whole grandiose plan of making this the empire, I think you lose a little something. And I, and I don't know if... I'll say this. Budden could re-up with Spotify, but for him to re-up, he got to make at least a hundred mil. At yeah. least his con like his, I'm not I don't know what Rory and Maul gonna make, but at least his contract has to equal, if not Joe Rogan's damn near close. Yeah, it gotta be close. Now honestly, just from listening to his pod, like being a long listener, I've been listening for a while now. I think Joe, he's gonna think that he's equal to Rogan. Fact. You know what I mean? Facto. I don't think that's the case. They was talking shit on Rogan today. I think, yeah, I think his um, his audience is not near as broad. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Joe Button, I feel like if you are a hip hop fan, or if you're just a fan of hip hop culture, you listen to Joe Button. You know what I mean? But Joe Rogan, I really feel like I. Anybody you talk to, you can be like, hey, you see that Joe Rogan interview? You seen the one with Elon? And they'll be like, yeah, what's that? You know what I mean? Anybody. Like, it's almost as if, like, it's team. You know what I I'm mean? A, I'm going a to go back on you because I think if you're a podcast listener or watcher, what you said is accurate. But I think in terms of if you're not a podcast listener, I think it goes in terms of the racial lines. I think if you're not a podcast listener and you're black, you don't know what the fuck the Joe Rogan podcast is, but you know what Joe Budden yeah. podcast is. Now, if you're white right. and you're not really a podcast listener, you know who Joe Rogan is and not Joe Budden. I think Joe Budden's pod is not as big as Joe Rogan's, but I think in terms of the black community, Joe Budden is the biggest podcast out there. The biggest. Yeah, for sure. That's without a doubt. Without a doubt. If we talking the black demographic, you want Joe Budden. 
Amen. That's where if you if you're a, a one of these big people, Spotify, Apple, Title, whoever, if you're trying to lock down the black demographic, you want Joe Button. You know what I mean? He's the, he's the only one. And I think if you're Spotify, Joe Button was your first. You can't lose that because that's Joe Button does diamond a, on a weekly basis. Like, he, like that's right. insane. He he does. Five million plus viewers on a weekly basis, not just with one pod. Like he does five million on one pod, and he has another one coming on Saturday that he does another five million to. It's just right. nuts the numbers he gives you. I agree. With, he has to make as much, and maybe not as much, but damn near close to Joe Joe Rogan. But he got to make more than Bill Simmons, like one hundred percent. He got to yeah, make more than sure, Bill Simmons. For sure, yeah. They can't play him like that. Yeah. And I, I think they need to do whatever they got to do to keep, keep Joe Button. I agree. Whatever price tag he says, yo, this is what I need, you got to give it to him. Because right now, bro, they, they like you said, they the type nobody. of the podcast industry. Like, there's nobody fucking with them. And they, looked, like, literally, the, the, they monopolized it. There's nobody Spotify, that can fuck with them. If you keep Joe, oh, you best believe I'm canceling if if I'm Spotify and you keep Joe and you have Joe Button, Joe Rogan, and Bill Simmons, you best believe if I'm the Spotify CEO, all this free podcast listening, that's over with. You got to get a premium yeah. to Spotify. And, at, and if you keep him, then you can do that and you can, whereas my ass going to have to start paying for Spotify. And all these other people have yeah. to start paying for Spotify because... There's be nowhere else I can listen to the Joe Rogan pod or to the Ringer or to or to Joe Budden, especially right. since uh, in the article Spotify is about to do vodcast, so you won't even have to Joe Rogan and Joe Budden in the Ringer won't be able to put their shit on YouTube anymore. You'll have to watch if you yeah. want to watch it. It's gonna be on Spotify. So if I'm Spotify, I'm, bro, I'm surprised that took so long. I that get, video thing. I think they had to have their roster before they could do it. Because and also I think it's what I'm saying. They're going to have to charge. For you to watch it, you're going to have to pay money. Yeah. Because I, I, like, I was saying when the Joe Button first announced that he was exclusive to Spotify, I was nervous as fuck that the video was going to be off of YouTube. Now, granted, I did eventually cave in and just bought, I buy about a year now because I just know, like, I'm not missing out on my shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel like if they would have took him off of YouTube at first, on that very first day they announced it, I would have bought a premium. Like, no questions asked. I would have just, shit, I'm paying for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I have to have, like, that literally became part of my routine. Weekly bet, like, yeah. When, I'm, when I was driving to work, Joe Button podcast. You I know agree. what I'm saying? Like, when I'm at home, I'm doing little chores, doing laundry and shit. Like, I'm listening to the podcast. Like, if they would have forced me to pay, I would have paid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it was that crucial to me. And honestly, bro, come September first, because Joe Budden reups this summer. Come September first, if I'm if I'm the Spotify CEO, I'm forcing niggas' hands to pay for it. You got to, because now you yeah. have you have the talent, you have the platform, you have the video uh feature. Why is it free? And you paying Joe Rogan a hundred mil plus? You paying Joe Budden a hundred mil plus? Bill Simmons getting fifty to seventy mil? <laughs> yeah. How, we got to make our that, money back. That, yeah, that bag got to come from somewhere. You know what else is crazy? I really do feel like this will be a good thing for people like you and me. Oh, facts. You know what I mean? Like, YouTube now, they're going to do something because 
this has been a big complaint within the YouTube community is that they don't like for the big bigger creators, there's no incentive to, to stay on put YouTube. it out on YouTube outside right. of the fact that everybody uses YouTube. But if everybody starts moving to these other platforms, like yo, if I want to listen to a podcast, I'm taking my Spotify. YouTube has to do something for creators that are on the YouTube platform to make sure that they don't do like Joe Rogan did. Because oh, they're gonna make they're gonna we, make the we talking about way better now. Yeah, you talk. We we talking about millions and millions of streams that they lose it, and not even just streams, but something that's really important to them is ad watch revenue. Time. Yeah, and watch time. Watch with the ad revenue. Watch time and ad revenue, and you won't get the ad revenue through because niggas watch- that sit there and watch, watch for hella long. Yep. You know what I mean? That's why they so big on watch time. So what's gonna happen is I think now it's gonna be easier for people like me and you to monetize YouTube shit on YouTube. Facts where they're, they're gonna be a bigger like reward for successful people on YouTube. Facts and it's gonna Because honestly, I, I, like most people. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I, I was just saying, I think it's going to be less, whereas, like, now, you, I think you need, like, 10,000 views on YouTube to start monetization. I think they're going to have to drop that down to a thousand, and that's going to be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and not just that, I feel like they're going to have to do some kind of tier system where once you reach a level like Joe, Joe Rogan, that they really are cashing you out. Like, yeah. it's not just, you know, since on the dollar to per whatever streams, like they're going to have fucking pay niggas. You know what I mean? Or are they looking at people going? Cause honestly, bro, like once Spotify get this stronghold, I can see them having their own little YouTube situation. They're gonna be There's the going to be a way. Exactly. There's going to be a way where you can upload bros who think and there's going to automatically be some legitimate pay system off the gate. You won't have to reach 30,000 subscribers before they start giving a fuck about you. Like, they're going to put in work to make sure, like, anybody who's trying to podcast, come to us. You and know what I mean? They sent, me the, they sent me an email the other day saying, be ready for when they switch for the vodcast, because it was like, if you have video for your podcast, you can up... Spotify sent me that shit the other day. Bro, nah, they, get on it. They're gearing up. I got get everything ready to go for it. You got to be... There's some behind the scenes shit, but by by whenever the launch date happens, they said if you have everything ready to go for the launch date, all your videos and shit. Literally, I can put in my YouTube URL and they'll take all the videos from YouTube. And that's do- hard. <laughs> that's hard. Hey, and if that's that's a direct shot to them niggas, like yo, we taking all your shit, <laughs> all of it, bro. If, if 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 the majority of podcasts move over to Spotify and stop uploading video to YouTube. That's gonna hurt them niggas bad, bro. Big fat. Bad. Yeah, you know, and YouTube, YouTube been a giant forever, bro. They've been the a giant is, forever. They were just getting their shit like to the point where they have cable, music, like Lior Cohen and yeah. YouTube not about to take this sitting down. So it's gonna be interesting to see what YouTube offers us, the creators, to try to yeah. keep us over there. But final question on this Does Joe Budden come September 1st? Will he be part of the new Spotify roster with Joe Rogan and Bill Simmons? I don't know. I'd be, I'd be really curious. It depends on, on what kind of offer they give him because I know he, he knows His what work. happened in the Joe Rogan deal. Oh, you know he what said, I mean? He says this so, episode after episode, I know my worth. <laughs> He's not yeah. about to take less. And, and, and the thing is, he knows that 
Joe Rogan is he worked the deal he wanted. I know if Joe Rogan stopped doing his shit independently on YouTube, as successful as it was, there was a beautiful deal on the table. So if yeah. Joe shit, if, if Joe Button shit don't look like that, I think he out. My question is, I just want to know what the fuck he planning if he was to go independent with his podcasting. I don't, and see, we could talk about that because I'm going to bet that he's not going to be on Spotify because I just feel they don't offer Because I see, I feel like they're going to lowball him at first and then he's going to be pissed off because that's the type of nigga Joe is just from listening to his pod. They're going to lowball yeah. him and he's going to get pissed off and he's going to be like, fuck y'all. But the thing is, I don't think, because I know both Rory and Maul wants to be a title. I don't know if Jay got enough money to pay him. I just don't. Yeah. like. I don't know if that any- would be big, bro. Cause honestly, there's no offer that they made in the past that made me want to subscribe to title. Like Same. it's not no, spot. I agree. But if that was the case, I really might have to consider getting a title subscription. Don't even say really. You know your ass would have a title subscription, nah, just like me. Really, really. I would. I would. Exactly. That and look, if I'm hove and I really want to get in this streaming war battle. I do whatever it takes to get Joe Budden because title, if you look at title, the business model should be, at least for now, I don't want to get like, and this is no disrespect to white people, but it's like, if I get the white community, cool. If I don't, cool. But I better have every motherfucking nigga on my platform. That should be their goal. Like, and and honestly, that would do it for the majority. I think you get... 80% 80% of black streamers on title if Joe Button was exclusive there. Hmm. Honestly, then, like, I, I really do. It, it's really become that type of podcast. And then Because, like, when title, I first started listening, niggas was like, bro, you listening to Joe Button? What the same. Fuck? You yeah, know what I mean? Same. Not and, like, like now that Joe joke. Button is at... Like, exactly. Now that he at where it's at, it's like, everybody just know, like, all right, we listen to this podcast. This just is what it is. Like, this is a podcast for the people. And if, you know and if your title, what they need to do is stop hoeing on p- creators like us and allow other, like, it shouldn't be just exclusive podcasts. They need to open it up to other black creators to get younger people on there so they can build up their base. Because if I'm me, and let's say we get to the point to where we, we want to have multiple platforms. If title asks us, what's my purpose of saying, yeah, y'all didn't let us come in at the jump, whereas Spot- I've been, we've been on Spotify and Apple. That's right. something they don't allow. See, they, they need exclusive pods. Yeah. They, I, I think they're going to work something out, though, hopefully. I just don't know how much um, Jay is involved anymore. Yeah. That was one of the big selling points to try to get people to that platform. Because I know he... He sold a big percentage of his ownership away. Oh, see, I didn't know involved. He's still involved, but he's not as in as he was. Elliot Wilson pretty much runs the creative side of it. Yeah. So we're gonna see what 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 why and do. Yeah, no, it's gonna look. I love all of this. This streaming war shit is getting very, very interesting. Shout out to uh, Joe Rogan on his good deal. Congratulations. That's that's good news for us and for all creators in the podcast space. Let's jump to something that just has me perplexed. Absolutely perplexed and just disgruntled. This ESPN top 74 basketball list, and I'm we're going to talk about this on Bros Who Ball next week. We didn't get a chance to because I forgot about it, but I got to bring this up at some point in this show. Bro, 
This list, I'm not going to go through and read everybody, but I'm going to go through some names and I'm going to just ask you if they should be higher than others. Should, uh, first off, so at 40, let's see, at 45, Anthony Davis with no NBA championships, should he be ahead of Reggie, well, Reggie Miller don't have no championships either. Should he be ahead of Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, uh, let's see some other championship winners, Clyde Drexler, like Anthony Davis should not be above Robert Parrish and all these people at at freaking forty uh at forty five. I get yeah. Anthony Davis is a pro- a prolific talent, but it's too early in his career to say already Anthony Davis is the forty fifth best basketball player of all time. That's fucking blasphemous, and I don't yeah. care if you think I have a bias against Anthony Davis because if you are a basketball historian, then you should understand that this dude has done nothing but be injured and not take his team to the playoffs. There's no fucking way he should be 45 when his best outlook on his career from this point on is being LeBron James's Robin. I'm fucking sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. And I'm saying there is a lot of champions that are way below him. Like, and and mm. people, not just champions, but people who were like great top contributors on a championship team. Like you know Manu Ginobili should not be. I'm sorry, Manu Ginobili might not be more talented than Anthony Davis, but Manu Ginobili has a move that he invented that Euro step. He has won yeah. multiple championships. Same with Ray Allen. Same with Paul Pierce. They should not be below him. That is just disrespectful. Yeah. Ray Allen below him is super disrespectful. Like that is ridiculous. Let's go to someone. Another ranking that I think is blasphemous. Look, Chris Paul don't have championships. This is where I'm going to go to talent argument. Chris Paul should not be below Jason Kidd because Jason Kidd won a championship when he was washed up. Chris Paul should not be below Steve Nash. Chris Paul should not be below. And look, Isaiah Thomas, whatever. If he's going to be below him, cool. But he should not be below Allen Iverson or John Stockton. Allen Iverson was an icon for what he did with fashion and what he did with hip-hop and and all of that. But in terms of talent, Chris Paul is better than all of them. What are we talking about? Like, Allen Iverson is not better than fucking Chris Paul. He's not. I would would put up an argument for Allen Iverson just because I feel like he changed the game. Like, his... contribution to the game like that little fancy little crossover shit he made that normal you know what i mean okay i get that and and now that's like the standard in the league like all those little flashy ass moves niggas be doing but let me ask you this if you you, iso ball shit if you are a gm of the Pelicans, and you they yeah, say i'm going chris paul okay oh all right cool the only reason I think Devil's Advocate is because I could see why they would rank him there. Because honestly, I think when Chris Paul's career is over, we still going to look at Allen Iverson as more legendary. Because niggas okay. don't really care about the fact that you could actually play basketball. No, you I agree with that. I mean? the, only the, way- the random fan, the, the typical fan, they don't yep. really care about that. The only way Chris Paul would be viewed as over Allen Iverson if he if he gets a championship and I and there to me at this point in Chris Paul's career I don't see that happening. Another yeah. one that I'm perplexed by and look this dude is great but I, if I'm gonna bitch about Anthony Davis being 45 I gotta bitch about this too. Why the fuck is Giannis Antetokounmpo 27? 
Giannis Antetokounmpo is above Isaiah Thomas, multiple champion winner, above Ray Allen, above Paul Pierce. He's 27. He's above ADN and a fucking all those people that we just mentioned. There's no way Giannis with one MVP should be at 20, the, the 27th best basketball player of all time. And granted, he has skills we've never seen, but are we going to award someone a ranking before their career is even like, what are we talking about? Yeah, that's, that is tough though. It's tough only because I'll say Giannis is almost guaranteed to win three. He's almost guaranteed to win. Like, if he don't win at least three, it's because he sat in Milwaukee and let them fuck his career up. You know what I mean? Like, if he if he team up with even one nigga that's, like... Kind of good, yeah. Top, top tier all-star. Because, like, think about, like, LeBron AD. If Giannis and supposed to team up and they, at the ages they are... Bro, all they had to do was stay together for four five seasons. They went in three out of those five years. I you know agree I mean? with that. I'm just saying, let's not put him in the 40 range. Like, put him in the 40s, whereas you can give some of these champions that spot before, because I agree with you. I think Giannis, when it's all said and done, will have a couple championships. But I'm not about prematurely giving it to him before he gets it. Like, let's yeah. not put the crown on his head before he wins the crown. Yeah, but there is people where, like, the talent level just kind of speak to it. Because, honestly, if we're going over, like, if, if we change the title of this list to most talented players of all time, well, then, yeah. Giannis jump up to top ten. Ooh, and talent, so. talent has to weigh in at uh, least 15. Because there's a lot See, of talented niggas that I'm going to argue because what are we talking talent? Because he's just that Giannis is athletic. If we're talking talent, Giannis can't shoot a jump shot. But, I mean, yeah, that do come for something. But I feel like the shit that he do is literally unstoppable. Like, I put him up there with the LeBron and KD. Like, you can know what he's about to do. You just can't guard him. Stop him, yeah. No, I agree with that. They suck four niggas under the rim, and he just dunk all of them. You know what I mean? No, that's 100% true. I ain't mad at that. Uh, But something I am mad at, Dwayne Wade is number 26, and that's the flash. Dwayne Wade, to me, is the third best shooting guard of all time behind Mike and Kobe. Why the fuck is Kawhi Leonard over him with one championship? But let's keep going. Uh, Charles Barkley, I think Charles Barkley needs to be higher, so I'm not mad at... I'm, Kawhi I'm, got one? Kawhi only has... Oh, no, Kawhi has two with the Spurs and with... uh yeah, One, one with Toronto. the Spurs and one with Toronto. Okay, well, I'm going to give Kawhi some slack, but still... What is this list about? Is it about championships or if it's about skill? If it's about skill and mixed with championships, there's no reason why Scottie Pippen should be 21 and Dwayne Wade is 26. Dwayne Wade is a way better basketball player than Scottie Pippen, especially from what I saw from this documentary. I can't have Scottie Pippen ranked at 21 above Dwayne Wade if he going to come to me in the fourth quarter and tell me as a coach, oh, yeah, I'm not taking the last shot. I'm not playing. I'm quitting on this team. Nigga, what? Yeah. That's above Dwayne Wade. Yeah. yeah. The ultimate See, team player? Yeah. What? What are we doing? Again, just to play devil's advocate, is I really do feel like if the majority of that list would have had some kind of documentary showing all the behind the scenes shit, we would look at a lot of these niggas. It wouldn't just be Scotty. 
No, you that's true. I mean? And talent was, uh, that's that's debatable. Because I, I definitely Dwayne... agree with you. If we talking talent wise, I definitely think you should put Dwayne Wade ahead of. Him. And that's you all I'm I mean? saying. Like Dwayne Wade has shown. Because let's let's call a spade a spade. When Dwayne Wade won his first championship, that was not because of Shaq. That was because of him. He was the flat. Like that's why he got the nickname the Flash. We saw when Scotty went by himself. That nigga couldn't do shit. Like couldn't yeah. do shit. He was like, what yeah. are we talking about? I think Kawhi Leonard's a better basketball player than Scottie Pippen, too, and Charles Barkley. But I get why Charles is lower, because Charles don't have championships. But if we're going on talent, Scottie Pippen should not be 25th. Also, Kevin Garnett at 20 over Charles Barkley, Dwayne Wade, and Kawhi? That nigga only got one championship? What are we talking about? Bring him over Kawhi is nuts. Bro, we get that that OG Minnesota. Kevin Garnett was nasty. I like that. He was a but dog. Nigga like Kawhi Leonard and all them. That's ridiculous. I, I, I think ESPN just be saying shit just to say it, bro. Just for clicks. Yeah, bro. It's crazy, bro. Because, like, they give this, that one Celtics team with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, they act like they won seven championships. Them niggas won one. Like, they won yeah. one. What the yeah. fuck are we? Kevin Garnett is not number two. Kevin Garnett is not above Dwayne Wade on any like. What the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, I'm. I'm so happy they put Dirk over him because Dirk was a dog. Like who? Do, like I'm. I'm glad Dirk is ranked above fucking uh KG. Let's go to another blasphemous point of. Well, I don't know if this is blasphemous, but you think it is, so I'm. I'm. I'm gonna bring it up to you. Kevin Durant at 14, but Steph Curry is above him at 13. Crazy talk. <laughs> Crazy talk, bro. I don't give a fuck how... He, he obviously is the best shooter of all time. Let me play devil's but, advocate before you get into your argument, like you be doing with your argument with AI about how AI changed the game. We cannot deny that Stephen Curry changed the game of basketball to where niggas want to shoot them long-range threes. Like, right. he... From now on, when young kids grow up, they're going to say, people used to say Mike affected the game. Kobe affected the game. People said LeBron affected the game. But if you want me to be honest, I think Stephen Curry has affected the game more so than LeBron James. And I think Stephen Curry has affected the game in the sense of how Mike did, where or like Kobe. Whereas nobody can... When you're young, you can't look at LeBron and say, oh, I want to be like LeBron. This nigga, you body not built that way. But yeah. with Mike and Kobe showed, if you work at it, you can hit that fadeaway jumper. Stephen Curry, if you work at it, you can hit them threes. That's why I yeah. think Stephen Curry is hiding KD. And that's that's a that's a good argument because he did completely like the the clip at which teams are shooting threes now. That is Crazy. literally the how can we keep up with the Curry effect? Like entire organizations are changed in the way they're building their teams Facts. because of Steph Curry and Warriors. But my defense to that is Kevin Durant can shoot extremely well. Like we we talk we're not talking about the guys where he ain't really got a jump shot. No, I agree. And that's just 20% of his game. KD is legit one of those Giannis niggas where yo, if he turns his back to you, how you gonna how you gonna stop him? He no, back I agree you down that. in the low post. How you gonna how you gonna defend that fade coming? You know what I mean? And look, I'm gonna be honest, I think KD should be top ten. 
Like, if I'm going to be yeah. real. Like, KD yeah. is... Especially is a- if that's ranked high, because I feel like if you put Giannis up there for the reasons that Giannis is Giannis, KD is yeah. Giannis with a fucking jump shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I agree with that. I think Steph... With a crazy jump shot. I think Steph should be higher than 13 because of what I said. I think Steph should be like 11 and I think KD should be 10 and we should move down people like Oscar Robertson and, and Akeem Olajuwon. I definitely think KD should be 10 and Steph should be like 11. I don't think Steph should be ranked over him, but I get why ESPN did it. That's one of the ones I do understand. But let's get to this top 10 because I think KD should be in there. First off, it is blasphemous that Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant Shaquille is 10 and Kobe is nine. And we had, and look, I get Tim Duncan is Mr. Fundamental. I get Tim Duncan got five. But if you ask me, talent wise, I'm taking Kobe and Shaq over Tim Duncan. But look, I think Tim should be above where he at too. If we being honest at this top 10, let's go through it. Number one, Michael Jordan. I'm cool with that. Number two, LeBron James. Look, me personally, I think Kobe Bryant should be maybe at number two, but I'm, I'm okay with LeBron being at two. Number three, K- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Look, Kareem has titles, but if you ask me, can Kareem Abdul-Jabbar guard Shaq? My answer is fuck no. Hell no. Fuck no. Put this nigga, like, so in, in that case, we got to drop him down lower. Uh, Bill Russell. And look, I'm going to say the same thing about it because it goes Kareem three, Bill Russell four, Magic five, Wilt Chamberlain six, Larry Bird seven. For Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, you niggas played against, and this is no disrespect because y'all know I got white friends. I love white people. I ain't, I ain't mad at nobody. But Kareem Abdul, I mean, not Kareem, Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain played against five, five whiteies in the 50s. What the yeah. fuck are we talking about? These yeah. niggas could not guard Shaquille O'Neal. Bro, Shaquille O'Neal is the most dominant force the NBA has ever seen. I, if you go watch old Shaq games, it, like, I, like I recently did, and they would have people holding Shaqs, and the referee would look like, I don't know what to do. Because yeah. if you would, if, if the referees would call basketball for Shaq the way they call for everybody else, every play would be a foul. Every fucking yep. play would be a foul. Yep. So what are we talking What's crazy, bro? Like, this list, the whole shit need to be thrown away. Like, whoever ranked Kobe where they ranked them need to be fired from ESPN, bro. That's what I'm that saying. That is like, fucking insane, bro. Like, to me... That is fucking insane that he's nine. Like, honestly, me, I think he should be three. He should be three. See, and that's what I was about to say. I was about to say, look, if anything, I'll put... I'll concede this for the old-timers. I'll put Magic three... I'm not mad at Magic Johnson being three. But you see, four? Four has to be Kobe. Five has to be Shaq. Six has to be Tim Duncan. Then you can go Larry at seven. And then you could go Will, Kareem, and Bill Russell. But Shaq and Kobe and Tim Duncan need to be three, four, and five. Whatever order you want to put it in, that's cool. Uh, Well, Magic can be three because Magic won a lot of shit and Magic that nigga. But... Shaq, Kobe, and Tim need to be four, five, and six. Yeah. They should not be eight, nine, and ten when I know damn well Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Bill Russell could not guard Shaq and Tim Duncan. I'm sorry. 
played a physical game. Dean and I had a Kobe and Shaq is nuts. That is just <laughs> insanity to me. No, everybody was nice, bro, but this nigga, his whole game was just so basic. You know, fundamental what I mean? backboard. Very effective. Very effective. But come on, man, this no. nigga not over Kobe. Nah. Damn sure not no Shaq. Like, come on, man. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? That's why I asked, is this list about talent? Is this list about rings? What are we judging this? What is the criteria? Because if I know the criteria, maybe I could defend it better. But, bro, like, like what are we talking? Like, Will Chamberlain should not be above Shaquille O'Neal. I'm sorry. I am sorry. And Will Chamberlain's not more talented than Larry Bird. Like, what are we talking yeah. about? Like, even Larry yeah. got an yeah. argument. Like, this list is fucking stu- Whoever made this ESPN list needs to be fired. This yeah. is horrible. Like, but absolutely I, I, I horrible. Really think, like, I'm, I'm really convinced that ESPN is turning into one of those, like, bullshit <laughs> spots, one of those bullshit media spots where they just, they insert to the clicks and the numbers, bro. There's Look, no type of, like, validity to the shit they be saying no more. Yeah, it, it's it's looking bad over there at ESPN right now. Like, I don't know how Stephen A. Smith let him make that list. I don't know. They was the- they was talking about some shit the other day that really like drove me. They were saying dude from Clemson was better than Joe Burrow, and he was gonna have like a better first oh, year. Oh, Trevor, um, Trevor. Uh, there you go. He look, and I'll say this: he might have a better first year due to the fact that Joe Burrow's in Cincinnati. But I don't know if he's better than Joe. I don't think he's better than Joe Burrow. Yeah. Like, talent-wise. I still think Joe Burrow about to light it up. He the most, he, like, he's one of the most NFL-ready QBs in a few draft classes. I, it, my thing with this is, is just Joe, Joe got a shitty team around him. Cincinnati yeah. is just a terrible organization. Yeah. That's it's more a, so the organization. They got talent, though. Like, like they got AJ Green, they got uh Joe Mixon, they got some some people around it, but it's just the offensive line, young coach in the organization is just god awful. That's the thing, Joe yeah. Burrow battling. Yeah. So I but, hope he get out of Cincinnati quick. Me too. I hope I hope he get. I hope the he gives them two or three seasons to start looking like they on the up, and if they not, I hope he get the fuck out of there. Yeah, bro. leave. I agree with that. The final question I have for this week's pod is. I think dark meat sucks. Dark meat chicken, I think it absolutely sucks. Am I crazy? What? Am yes. I crazy? <laughs> yes. That's the only piece of the chicken that's fire. I don't, bro, I swear to God, I, don't, I wouldn't even eat white meat chicken if it wasn't for the fact that it's like less fatty and better for people in the fitness and shit. Yeah. That's the only reason I even eat chicken breast. And the whole time I'm eating it, I'm like, damn, I wish this was a thigh and a leg. Like, Dark meat is where it's at, bro. Okay, I, I, I'll say this. I fuck with thighs. I think thighs are fire. But legs, I don't fuck with legs, bro. What? Legs. You look, don't fuck with the drumsticks? No, bro. Them things bro, gross to me. You can go to Popeye's right now. As soon as this pot is over, <laughs> and I'm going to give me a three-piece dark rice. Popeye's is, hey, the dark meat... It's bony meat, bro. If I, especially <laughs> if I'm like at Popeyes or something, bro, and I'm not trying to be healthy. That's the only. So how you bro. rank it? Which what piece you rank first? Like which one you rank number the one? The drumstick, man. The drumstick Over the is thigh? A, a classic. Yeah, yes, sir. Damn. So you, yes, okay, so you go sir. drumstick one, and this is all to all forms of cooking. You got drumstick one. What you got two? The thigh. What you got three? 
the breast. And then wings fall. And fall is the wing. Yep. So you don't you don't have wings high because like you know like when you go to Buffalo Wild or whatever wing spot you don't have wings higher. Cause see I go wing one just for the versatility. I go breast two, thigh three, leg four, and I could switch breast and thigh because I fuck because I think thighs are delicious. Like if you get you a barbecue thigh. One of them boneless barbecue yeah. thighs, nothing beating that shit. That shit is yeah. crazy. Like, that's why thighs could be See, two for me. The Man, but the, the wings, it's like so much bones for no reward. Like, you fucking with all those bones and there's barely no meat on them thing, bro. <laughs> like, when you get you a leg, like, the, the bone is conveniently placed where you just eat around it. You ain't got to, like, get in between and all this extra shit. Because I think the thing that turned me off is, like, when you got to start cracking bones and cartilage to get to the meat, like, I ain't, nah, that's what you lose. <laughs> I'd rather just eat the thighs and the legs, bro. That's why the leg, I don't fuck hit. with the veiny legs and then, I like, that little that little bone inside the leg that pop up when you get low. Like, mm. Yeah, but that's the only piece you get rid of. You just get rid of that shit and you straight. <laughs> Oh, fuck with legs, bro. It didn't leg quarters. Do you fuck with leg quarters? Yeah. I know you know what that is, because black yeah. people always be fucking with them. I don't fuck with yeah. leg quarters, bro. That, that's what I make with my sauce pecan with that shit, bro. That <laughs> leg quarters. Leg quarters and sausage, all that shit. Like, bro, that's, that's a hit, man. I'm telling you, bro. You gotta leave the white meat alone. All right, I'm a no I'm a, racist shit. You gotta leave the white meat alone, bro. That I'm gonna give gonna bring you to where you need to be. Look, I'm barbecuing on Sunday. I'm definitely barbecuing some thighs, but I'm gonna give some legs a shot. And if it's not hitting, I'm coming next week and letting you know. Because <laughs> let I don't know. fuck with legs. Bro, but, legs uh, I forgot we did have one more conversation. I wanted to ask you because we've been trying to talk about the best black TV shows for a while now. And they got some list going around with God tier, top tier, mid tier, and low tier. I'm going to just ask you uh, which which black shows, and they got Martin on here, Fresh Prince, Different World, Sanford and Son, Cosby Show, Good Times, Bernie Mac, Living Single, My Wife and Kids, Everybody Hates Chris, Smart Guy, The Jeffersons, Wayne's Brothers, Sister, Sister, Jamie Foxx, Blackish, Keenan and Kel, That's So Raven, uh, Family Matters, Girlfriends, One on One, Moesha, Steve Harvey, The Parkers, All of Us, Eve, House of Pain, The Sinbad Show, What's Happening, Half and Half, The Game, Corey's House, The Carmichael Show, Webster, and then they got some others that I can't really see on here. What to you is the is a God tier black show? I think they for the God tier they pretty much hit where it needed to be. Like I okay. don't I don't see none in the God tier that I disagree with. What I will disagree with, though, is having the Steve Harvey show and the Parkers and Family Matters, calling that mid is blasphemous, bro. Mm. We, bro, the Parkers was like any nigga in our age group, any anybody, bro, anybody in our age group, if you black, the Parkers was your shit. I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, the Parkers just hit. The Parkers was hard. Steve Harvey show, classic to me. Like, that's not me. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I'm, Family I'm Matters. some of the other ones. Family Matters mid. What? Family Matters was mid? It's mid, bro. Let me tell you bro, why. Steve Urkel is a cultural icon. I get that. But, okay, who else from the show you care about? 
I mean nobody really. It's me it's me because they don't do nothing and the only time the show hit is if Steve Urkel in the show. Yeah. They got yeah, rid- they had that. a whole they had a whole child. If you watch the first season in the intro, they got a whole child that's just gone by season two because Steve Urkel became the focus of the show. And he's not even in the yeah. family. That, like to me, if you want to be in A tier or got top, like look. Let's look at God tier. Martin, we care about every character in that show. From Pam to, to, to Gina to Martin to Tommy. We care about everybody. Fresh Prince, we care about the whole cast. Niggas cared when they switched from dark skin and viv to light skin and viv. They couldn't miss a child. We care about different, different world. I'm not the biggest different world fan, but my mom and them and they generation, they love different world. So I'm not going to argue yeah. against it. Sanford and Son, like I said, that's, that's our parents' generation. Everybody on that show they care about. The Cosby show, you care about the whole family. Good times, you care about the whole family. Uh, The Bernie Mac show, you care about the whole family. Living single, you care about the whole cast. My wife and kids, they may have one kid you don't fuck with, but for the most part, you care about four out of the five. Everybody hate Chris. You ain't really fuck with the older brother, but you cared for the younger sister and, and everybody else. Smart guy. I cared about everybody on Smart Guy. Uh, The Jeffersons. That wasn't my generation, but I get it. The Wayne Brothers, everybody. Sister, sister, everybody. The Jamie Foxx show, definitely everybody. Uh, Blackish. I've been watching Blackish a lot, and I really think Blackish, in terms of a new generation TV show, I think it's really good. Like, like real nigga shit. I'm lacking. I've seen, like, one or two, the first couple episodes, but... I never really watched it, so I can't really comment. But just off of the reception that it get, I can see it being in top tier. And then Keenan and Kel, That's So Raven, and Girlfriends, you care about the whole cast for all them shows. That's a fact. If anything, I'm cool with the Parkers moving up to top tier and Steve Harvey over Family Matters. Family Matters, you don't care about that whole show. Yeah. The Steve Harvey show, that... Because, I mean, if that's the argument, then I can see why they put the Steve Harvey show in, in mid. In mid. There wasn't really nobody that outside of Steve that you cared about. And Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I get why. But the Parkers, man? like Yeah, the Parkers, the, the you care Parkers. about the whole cast. Monique and old girl, and then uh, what his name was? The Professor? Professor yeah, he, 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 bro... That shit don't belong in mid tier, bro. No, that, was classic. That's a top tier show. Uh, I'm trying to see what else. low tier. I, I look. I agree with this list. I'm with you. The only thing I think should be up here in God tier to me, the best black TV show of all time is The Wire. That's the bit. Like, and I get they're going for comedies in this, but if we talking non comedies, the best black show of all time has to be The Wire. Yeah. Bar none. That yeah, show is amazing. I, I, I think they're they more so sticking to like sitcom type shit. Oh, sitcoms, comedies? Okay. Well, then if we're talking sitcoms, comedies, the best one? Fresh Prince. Yeah. Either that or Martin. Yeah. I'm Martin. I ain't mad at that. And I know that the Bernie Mac show is not a better show than those, but man, I love Bernie Mac show, bro. That's, that would be. I'm, like a, I'm with it you. It will be up there for number one. For me, it, I'm it with you. Win it. it probably wouldn't win it, but I definitely have to like really consider it. You know what I mean? It would be tough 
now that we got these tears, is legendary. Now that we got these tears, when Brooklyn come back, we're gonna do the bracket. We gonna I'm gonna make a bracket. and We gonna do it because to me, oh yeah, we can rank this because I the, feel like we are gonna be doing a lot of arguing on the lower tiers. The Bernie Mac show for me could potentially beat out somebody. Like it could maybe win it because I'm with you. I went back and we watched the Bernie Mac show like a like two months ago, and my girlfriend was like, "What's this?" I was like, "You ain't never seen the Bernie Mac show." Oh, yeah. we watched that whole bitch. Oh, bro, I yeah. I love. The Bernie and Mac show. It still hit now. It feels like it relevant now. Whereas, yeah. like Martin, I, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of watch Martin for nostalgia. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Because like a lot of the comedy in there is like that comedy don't really hit too. It's like nineties. Yeah, it don't really it don't really hit the same in 2020. Whereas like, Bernie Mac is timeless, bro. That shit is crazy. Yeah. And especially now that, like, I can understand, you know, I'm older to kind of figure out some of the adult shit that they were talking yep. about. And especially, like, being a dad, and it's kind of him in that Black father role. Yeah. You see a lot of the struggles that happen. Like, it's, yep. it's relevant. You actually learn some shit watching it. You know what I mean? And I fuck with that part of the show. No, and I, Bernie I, Mac I, is just hilarious. Bernie, Bernie Mac, Mac is my favorite. Ever, That's what I was about to say. Bernie, Bernie Mac, Mac. Bernie Mac is 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 top five black comedian of all time, for sure, That's for sure. And like I, I would say even top three. Like I love, I absolutely love Bernie Mac. Uh, lower tier. You think the game should be in mid tier? The game was kind of good. Yeah, I was the game. I don't know if it would hit now. Like I kind of watched it back before streaming and shit where I could choose what I wanted to watch. When it was always on BET. (laughs) Yeah. When when BET was really it. Like, you just had to watch Baby Boy 50 times a week. You had to watch the game. Game, So, I don't know if I... I'd probably keep the game for that, to be honest. Corey in the house for sure, right where it belongs. Oh, yeah. Corey in the house shouldn't even be... (laughs) Corey in the house is ass tier. Like they should have something yeah. lower than low tier and call that shit ass tier. That is Corey in the house. That shit is asshole. But uh, <laughs> anything else you got today, Doom? Because if not, then we could get up out of here. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I'm kind of looking forward to putting these in a bracket. Yeah, same. I'm definitely looking forward to putting these in a bracket. Doom, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. Hello, Doom SJ on Instagram and Twitter. Man, y'all be sure to follow Doom. Doom has a lot of new music out. We're gonna put we're gonna premiere one of them soon enough. Whenever he sent it to me and let me know his time. I fuck with Doom. Track. Oh, I got you. Say less. Them Say shits less. go hard. But speaking of world premiere, let's get into this week's world premiere by Austin Rap Bomb. Shout out to our guy. The song is called Jimmy Jeans featuring Nutty Piper, Halftime Huey. Wes, Wes Walker, you may know him as the song who the, the guy who made Jordan Belford and Fat the Barber. So it's Rap Bomb featuring Nutty Piper, Halftime Huey, Wes Walker, Fat the Barber, Jimmy Jeans. Let's get into that song right now. You're tuned in into the best show on the motherfucking planet. This is the Bros Who Think Podcast, and this is a world premiere, premiere. Shout out to my guy Austin Rap Bomb. This is his new song, Jimmy Jeans, featuring Nutty Piper, Halftime Huey, Wes Walker, and Fat the Barber. 
Let's go. How they bust like bust around your main bitch get flip mode. We beat it up like Clisco. Your demeanor don't even mean a thing. In the moonlight, we tiptoe. Chalk the bitch with a camel toe. Call it hoe blue by yo. When I skirt by, I wave slide. Banana clips for my ape slide. Ryan Sheckler, dark slide. Jeff Hardy, swamp time. I don't get high, I skydive. Fuck with me and that's twist of fate. 420, red eyes. Fuck with me, I stay high. When my phone rang, you know the line. Hello? Bitches really be stunting. We up to something. Me and my partners is coming. All of this built off of nothing. We got it buzzing. Never been down with the front end. Back when the pieces off fronted. Money abundance. Now we got more than we wanted. I swear that we really got something that you cannot harness. I'm off of the charts with my jogging. They playing. I'm about to go super saiyan. All this come with some patience. We going crazy because of the moves we've been making. You see it all in your pages. These women naked. Just a fee vegan bacon. Smiles all over their faces. Thank to my statements. We really across the nation. Catch me on one of these stages. Uh. Damn, I get a little piece of pussy. I start getting confident. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, whoa I put the cash in the Delphi I fuck that bitch and she lucky All of your bitches so ugly I pull a trick up my sleeve Big O's like a Snuggie Lately I've been touching money Boy, you disgusting If you see me, please don't touch me I came with two and they say they're both cousins But I got a fucking best that girl is Whoa, Jimmy G's with the Jimmy G's Jimmy G. Hit my phone for the quarter piece Yeah, if you see me, please don't touch me Jeez, whoa Got the cash for hundred of cheese Yeah in my jeans, got the Jimmy jeans. You need a pack, tell them pull up 400 a piece. Oh yeah, yeah, 400 a piece. Hit my phone, you can pull up to the Jimmy jeans. Well, Grand Will, got my nuts all fucked up. Got the bean in my system, got my nuts up. Well, Grand Will, got my nuts all fucked up. Got the bean in my system, got my nuts up. Jimmy jeans. Pop a bean, I be fucked up, Jimmy Jean. I put the 20s on the truck, I got the Jimmy Jeans. Mega beans, money beans since Thursday. It was the worst day. Fuck my denim up, got the lemon cup. Then he's boating, Grand Slam everywhere I go. Jimmy Jones, I ain't talking bullshit. Got the honeycomb, you be full of bitch. gentlemen it is that time of the bros who think podcast call bros who ball and i know you're seeing on the screen we got a very special guest with us today let me introduce at the bottom returning co-host as always mr adam schubert but joining us on bros who ball today mr charles reese i'll talk to him first the host of primetime charles man how have you been doing let the people know we haven't heard from you since corona started i know it's been a rough time with sports being out just tell the people how you been um I've discovered there's some Xbox games I haven't played in a very long time. <laughs> Call of Duty Warzone is awesome. Super and fun. Uh, other than that, man, I've uh, been doing little projects, built some shit, and um, 
built a garden, been growing some stuff and cooking a lot. So, I mean, it's, it's, I've read a lot of books too. So it's, it's been boring. Absolutely boring. You know? Well, I like the fact that you've been gardening and like farm, like growing your own stuff, cooking. What's been some of your favorite meals that you've been cooking? Cause I've been cooking as well. Oh, okay. So and what you've been a, growing too. So we've been making a lot of Chinese because we've got a lot of vegetables. Ooh, uh, you got your walk? I, I do have a walk. That's um, spring rolls have been really good. But last night, cherry tomatoes, basil, and I made some uh, bruschetta. And it was, oof, it was so good. Put a little mozzarella on top to add a little new spin and uh, broiled that mozzarella up. It was delicious. That sounds amazing. I'm going to have to get your recipe for that because last time I came, you put me on that elote and that changed the <laughs> game. That was amazing. Yeah. But yeah, that's what's up, man. Glad to hear you've been cooking. What you been reading? Give me, give us one of your books or what, what you've been uh, reading. The last one I finished was Mr. New Orleans. It's about a guy who is a, uh, a mobster and had ties mm. to uh, a lot of the famous people in New Orleans. And, and, you know, he considered himself Mr. New Orleans, which is the title <laughs> of the book. And uh, uh, look, it's it really goes into the depth of things. But it's one of those books where how much do you believe of what he's saying? Because he is a mobster. He is a manipulator at the end of the day. But, man, you got to see a side of New Orleans that, looking at it today, you don't really see that mob tie anymore with New Orleans. But you can see things that tied back to it uh, back Damn, in the day. Damn. I really want to check that book out because it's interesting. I have been wondering for, like, the past six weeks of – when I heard about the New Orleans Mafia and hearing that the Italians had a presence in New Orleans and this, this was one of their hubs in the South, I definitely want to know that because I always wanted to know more of that story. Do you think it could be a movie based upon what you read? Oof, it'd be a lot to be a movie because it was individual broken up stories. But mm. look, talking about that Italian influence, Carlos Marcello uh, had a big influence with this guy. This is pretty much one of his right-hand men. So, you know, anything that ran through New York had a footing in New Orleans as well. Real. Okay. Damn. You got me excited. I definitely want to check that out. Uh, also going to have to, that could be something in your next pitch it match, which is coming up that you could pitch. That would be a great pitch, man. You need that to keep that be. in the back of your mind, but also join us, Mr. Adam Shuby Schubert. I mean, it's Mr. Adam Schubert Shuby. How you doing today, brother? Some big news on the movie front. Let me tell it to the, to everybody watching. It was a mistake on my end. Why bros who binge got released today. We had lost the file, but I recovered it. Shuby, how you doing, man? The Snyder cuts coming out. I don't know if that's good for DC, bro. Yeah, I mean, the, the bigger news that I'm upset that we didn't get on this week's episode was the the Mandalorian. They kind of have an idea of what Timothy Timothy Olyphant's Bo- yeah, character is. Boba Fett. Yeah, pretty much Boba Fett. But okay, he's not I, Boba Fett read, the character. He's yeah, and I read that book that they're he's talking the about sheriff. where the character came from. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool character. That's going to be interesting. So, do you think? I know we're going to talk more about this on Bros Who Big, yeah. but just real quick, do you think he is, do you think Boba Fett, the person, is alive? I think it's possible. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. His armor just could have been lost. And maybe that's so. why we're getting a Boba Fett series with him. Uh, a lot of stuff is making sense. We'll talk more about this on Bros Who yeah. Binge. But today we're drafting. We're doing two drafts. We have the 2017 NFL draft. I said if we're having our first football draft, we got to have the football guy himself here, Mr. Charles Reese. We're also doing the 2015 NBA draft. But before we get to that, the last dance ended. Me and Schubert, our review is out now on Bros Who Binge. But let's talk about it real quick. Because Horace Grant did have an article released about talking about how basically everything MJ was saying about him, he felt was unfair. He felt that uh, it was basically him not telling the full side of the story. Scotty Pippen also felt he got portrayed 
inadequately. Schubert, I'll start with you and then we'll go to Charles. How do you feel about the stuff that's coming out post Last Dance? Because we were, and I still am a big proponent of, I really like the documentary, but it was a lot of, it was very MJ controlled. And I think Charles brought that brought up a great point in our pre-production. How do you feel about just all the stuff that's coming post Last Dance? Because I do think ESPN went a little crazy where they did the, uh, I think it's Gregory Snap or whatever little the little segment they ran on SportsCenter about the GOAT. It just felt very like, okay, I, I get why y'all are doing this because MJ, it's his document document the uh, documentary, and it's like we gotta run this after. But I just felt like, okay, this is a little biased. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to kind of our conversation that we had on the Bros of Binge show about the episode <laughs> that at the end of the day it wasn't the greatest documentary you've ever seen. It yeah, it was more or less best. what I've been agreeing with what people have been saying that it's more of like a Jordan memoir. And at the end of the day, if I was asked, hey, do you want to watch a 10-part Jordan memoir? Hell yeah, I do. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was totally cool with it. I was, um, I, I really loved the, the documentary. And uh, even though that some things could be false, I mean, that's just part of the whole narrative. I mean, I think it's if what if what Horse Grant's saying is true and Jordan did lie, I think that just makes it even better for the narrative. It, I, I think it shows more so about. I think we got the real Jordan 100%. If you just have to read between the lines, like I think, for example, one thing that really showed him was when he said 25 years later, he's still upset that he didn't come back in 99. I think it eats at him. I don't think he's comfortable in retirement. I think, and I'll let Charles bring up this point about Horace Grant, but I think that point you said about Horace is very true. And I think we see that anger and that's why Horace didn't have a lot of spotlight because you got to think in the first big three, they really tried to glide over that because MJ didn't really want a lot of Horace Grant in there, but you got to think Horace Grant was the third member of the big three for the first three P he was Dennis Rodman and he was kind of better than Dennis Rodman when he played Charles, what's your take on it? I know you didn't watch the documentary, but I want you to explain why you did. Uh, okay, well, why I didn't, it's just, it's hard to, for me to get my mind wrapped around sports when there's no sports going on. And, and like, I'm not going to have a false filler, yeah. even though it's good. False I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go back and watch it. You know, I've seen stuff and, and look in today's social media. If you have other plans, if you're making dinner, you know, you're watching a movie that night. I just go look at Twitter and I instead of spending an hour watching it, I spent five minutes. I knew exactly what happened, you know, yeah. and I knew the highlights of what happened. I can read about what happened, but my point with, with Horace Grant is, you know, Horace Grant was considered them to be a big three, right. And Scotty and MJ. And look, you can make that argument because if there's one series that MJ wishes he didn't lose, the it was Horace Grant. Yep. And not only did he feel that Horace Grant, you know, has that he has that grudge against him with that. He also believed Horace Grant went off and told SI some stuff. And yeah, so, about the Jordan Rules book. Exactly. So with that being in, in the picture, you know, Horace and Scotty were really big friends. At this point, Mike Greenberg said, and, and you know, he came out and said, look, if anyone was a snitch, it was Michael. Because Michael came out and said what we were doing when he was a rookie, you know, that there was, you know, there was strippers, yeah. cocaine, drugs, <laughs> everything, you know. That first it, episode was wild because of that. <laughs> the kind of stuff that you don't say to the public, you know, it's like. You keep in the locker room. It's like, yeah, what happens in the locker room, what happens with your teammates, what happens in a fraternity house, like those type of things just aren't usually public knowledge. And MJ came out and said it. And, and so Horace had a grudge, but I think at the end of the day, the biggest grudge is Michael. Uh, because if anyone can't 
let go of a grudge and we've learned that whether it be in competition or personal it's michael jordan and look at his friendship michael's michael's bad side you know look at his friendship with charles barkley he ended a 20-year friendship just because charles and charles didn't even say anything bad about him he just said that as an owner of the bobcats he's not really doing a good job and I mean, is, is that he? a lie? Yeah, <laughs> like he's not. He hasn't. And the Bobcat, he, to me, from us doing these NBA redrafts, Michael Jordan has not made a good pick as the as the Charlotte GM, and he's passed on so much talent. The, the Kid Gilchrist pick had to be one of the most horrible picks. He goes after these big-name program people who have won, but he, he doesn't – it doesn't look like he can scout talent or he sees too much of himself – uh, I want to I want to ask this before we get into the redraft because I think this was a great conversation that's been brought up time and time again, the goat argument. And being that I always say because I never saw Michael Jordan play or the older people play, I don't like to rank them. But being that this documentary happened, I went back and watched a lot of old games. I'll start with you, Super, and then we'll go to you, Charles, and we'll just open this up. Do you think this conver- this documentary, or do you think just in general your opinion of LeBron James being the goat has that changed has it been still the same do you feel he can be the goat let's just open we'll go each y'all's answers we can open up the conversation you know i think it again falls into narrative where why do we think anyone's the greatest player ever because a lot of them have really great stories so if lebron's story ends up being greater than like that could make him the greatest player but at the end of the day there's a physical concrete number that you have to get to be able to say that you're the best NBA player and that's championships. And, you know, if you don't have over six, then it's just very hard for you to, to get over. You gotta, the have, you gotta have five at least at, at minimum. And LeBron has already lost three. Look, his story is still being painted. And I feel like Jordan feels a little bit of competition from LeBron because this was going to be released in June. And you got to think this was going to be released during the time where him and the Lakers are chasing for their, title and him going for four so like you said narratives charles does this change your opinion on well i know you didn't watch documentary but this the whole conversation of what's happening change your opinion of lebron do you think i know how you felt before does this adjust anything on how you view the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball players i think uh she were talking about timeliness of the story is important because if if you're going to talk about when lebron goes and wins a championship with cleveland as his last hurrah his last season man, it's hard to say how can LeBron not go out on top, you know, even if that was his fourth or fifth, you know, he doesn't reach six. What he did in Cleveland is something Michael never did with Chicago because he always had sidekicks. And and if anything, we learned about LeBron is he didn't, you know, take his game and and watch Michael play. He watched Scotty play. He watched the facilitating aspect magic too, and and, and magic as well. But it, it gives me, I think a little bit more appreciation for LeBron. You know, the reason I dislike LeBron is what he did you know, with Miami, that, that whole thing blows my mind. But, you know, if I learned anything from the Bulls is that, look, Michael was a competitor. I don't think you'll ever see someone with that drive, focus, and compassion for a sport. Uh, but at the same time, as a person, you know, if anything, Michael's taking a huge hit. Oh, uh, 100%. But when it comes to who's the GOAT, how could you ever surpass a guy like Michael uh, who has arguably – the most prolific, important shot in NBA basketball history in that game six dagger. And not only that, he's on top of the shoe universe. And I don't think anyone will ever, ever top that. And uh, look, LeBron's remaking um, Space Jam, but it's not going to be the same. It's Michael. Yeah, man. Like uh, Michael released a commercial 
where it was talking about like B Mike or some shit with the Jordans. And all of a sudden Bugs Bunny comes on and he's like, and Michael's like, I already did that. And it, it's just the shrug. And it's like, that was a shot at LeBron. And I think you make a great point. LeBron James as an, as a person is 1000% leaps and bounds ahead of Michael Jordan, the person. I think LeBron James is probably because like I said, I don't know what Muhammad Ali did. He was a great activist, but in our generation, there's very few athletes off the court that are as good of off the court person as LeBron James, because to say he was noted as this chosen one coming out of high school has been having media coverage, grew up in social media era since he was in high school to say, we've never heard of a scandal, never heard of a slip up. He's, done things for the public. He's been an ambassador for the game, been an ambassador for the country. He's been such a great human being and a great father that it's like, that guy's amazing. But when it comes to off the on the court, I think y'all both said it perfectly. Like, there's a number he has to get. He has to get at least five. He's lost three. It, it's just hard to go against what Jordan did for those first, for those, th- for that first three-peat and that second three-peat. LeBron does have a big thing going in his favor, though, beating the Warriors from down 3-1. He did have Kyrie and Kevin Love, but it's like he has that in his corner. I think if he maybe wins two championships with the Lakers, if possible, it can maybe put him in that conversation and maybe we can see things turn. But like you said, in terms of on the court, it's hard to compete with Jordan, as well as shoe-wise, it's the Jordan shoes. LeBron is under Nike. Michael has his own section. It's like for for LeBron to even come close, he should have did that deal with Adidas. And if you watch mm-hmm. Soul Man, the uh, thirty for thirty about Sonny Vaccaro, you see they were Adidas was trying to give him what Jordan had with Nike and how it was his own company. If LeBron would have did that with Adidas, maybe we have a different conversation. But because he's under Nike, there's a there's a cap of a limit that he can hit, and it's just like you That's- have to be. Uh, uh, an individual instead of copying what we see. Does LeBron reach five? Does I don't he get think two so. More? If the uh, NBA season doesn't continue this year, next year he has to go against the full strength Warriors. You know, and that, does he win this year with you know what Giannis was doing over in the East? I mean, does he even get out of the West? And that's you know? my do, thing. Do the Nets emerge? <laughs> do the Nets emerge next year? You know, it, what if the Nets go on a run? You know, for LeBron, does AD stay there? You know, there's so many questions that's going forward with the Lakers that, look, they have no capital in terms of acquiring new assets. They gave it all to the Pelicans, right? Facts. So <laughs> to get a guy for one year. So if AD doesn't resign, he's not happy with something because AD, obviously, we know that he's a drama queen and, you know, can get his feelings hurt. You know, I was talking I, about going to Chicago in the middle of the season. Exactly. So, you know, you think about those types of things. It's like, man, LeBron's outlook in terms of getting another championship this year was a golden chance to get one. Now, does it look like this year is going to happen? I don't think so. I don't think the NBA finishes the mm. season, uh, especially with their start date looking to be at, you know around Christmas next year. You got to talk about that off time. And right now, you're you're looking at you know we should be getting into the NBA finals right now. Uh, even if you push the season back, you know, and start at say September, you still have all the playoffs to play. And, you know, that's going to take two to three months to finish the season and finish the playoffs. I, look, I don't think LeBron gets one this year. Honestly, I don't know if LeBron ever gets another one. And, and that and that's a great point. And I think that's why he's pushing so hard for this season to come back. And He knows. 
Yeah, he does. And in his soul, I think he knows that if he doesn't come back this year and win one, it may be over for him. And even if it did come back in a July, we do whatever, because I've been hearing multiple things, whether it's starts in July, do like a simple playoff, like or like a, a tournament for the te- teams that thought they would have could have gotten in and to see if they can be the A seed or whatever they're going to do. If it does come back, this is his only shot. And it's like, you have to go up against Cole. Let's not forget the Clippers have Kawhi, Paul George, and a deeper team than what you have, as well as whoever comes out of the East. And if you don't win it this year, next year it's even harder because full-strength Warriors, Giannis, if Giannis leaves and goes somewhere else, that whole situation, the Nets emerging, Kawhi and Paul George and that team getting more chemistry. And look, I'm going to say it here. The Pelicans having a full season that affects things. And it's like, that's a young team. That's good. We see Luca in the Mavericks. There's a lot of talent in the West. And if they don't win, I think he missed his window. If they did do the playoffs, let's say middle of June, late June, July, whatever. Isn't Clay Thompson ready to go? Yep. <laughs> I mean, but do the Warriors? I don't think the Warriors. The Warriors would be in that, they they're they're already eliminated. So yeah, no. they can't be in that tournament. I think the tournament. Would oh yeah, be, facts. I forgot. Yeah, but it, but here's like, here's here's the question: If if you do that, you do a buy-in, whatever. You do a you know a three-game series with let's say teams six through 10, 12. Yeah, whatever. it would be like the Pelicans. There's going to be an asterisk by it, and there always will nice. be. Yeah, no, you're because right. Because what if the Pelicans make the playoffs if, if we play out the season, but they lose to the sixth seed, uh, two out of three. You know, they go 1-1, one, one, they lose the final one. And, and, you know, if they play out the season, the Pelicans wear the Lakers down and, you know, they take it to a six-game series. Because that's something we could see, right? That, yeah. That's not something we think is out of the possibility. You know, no, the I, the I agree with that 100%. Playing, you know, before everything happened with quarantine, the Pelicans were one of the better, if not the best team, uh, hot, uh, you know, hot-wise, playing towards the, you know, towards when the season shut down. And, it, and Zion that, gets serious rest. That's the yeah. thing. Like, there's an asterisk around this season, no matter how who wins, how it ends, because of the situation that happened. And it's just, I think it's so interesting of how calculated Michael Jordan is. Because you got to think, like we were saying earlier, this was supposed to come out in June with the finals. Now that there's no season, he drops this, and it's like, well, look, I'm putting my narrative out here. I don't know if LeBron's going to get one because, I, because like, like Charles said, his window might be over. It's just and crazy how Michael Jordan played chess with that. Back to the AD point. I mean, AD was already talking about going to Chicago. Doesn't this kind of make you get that, oh, man, rah, rah, I want to go to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's super, super tough. Um, and like, like, like we were saying, basically, I don't know if he wins, and I don't even know if the season comes back. I, I really if, enjoyed this conversation. If you're a Pelicans fan and you're upset with Anthony Davis or you're just upset with Anthony Davis in general, just start tweeting at him. Say, man, <laughs> you can't get it done in Chicago. You need to go to Chicago. Let him go because I guarantee you what, Anthony Davis will never win a championship if he goes to Chicago. Facts. He has Not to stay. put 100 on it with anyone. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'll take that bet my, as well. My big, my big argument if I was Chicago would be like, hey, look at all these – things that they've been putting on on ESPN on Instagram right now, like the best starting five in team history. Anthony Davis, you're never going to be in that starting five. I don't know. That's true. Best LA player of all time. Oh, you're talking about LA. I thought you were talking about if he went to Chicago. No, no. If he's at LA, no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. If I was Chicago, I'd be like, you're never going to be a part of that. Like you you could be a part of a legacy that goes along with Michael. Yeah, no, with with, yeah, and, with Chicago, and, he's and, in the five, not in L.A. Fuck no. And speaking of Horace Grant, even if he does go to Chicago, I mean, 
he'll never have as many championships as Horace Grant did as a bull. <laughs> hey, by, by the way, I just saw breaking news on my phone that the NBA's biggest strongly con, uh, they're, they're strongly considering going to Disney World as Ooh. their. That's the thing. That that's something I've heard. I've heard uh, L.A. I mean, not L.A. Vegas, where they shut, where they do the summer league. They shut down a compound and whatever. But I think I, I think Disney World makes the most sense because it's evacuated right now. There's yeah. no one there. It's a city it's just, in itself. It's just, it's just hard to do it because in, you're still bringing families in. You're still bringing in staff. You know, Disney World is working to get reopened. Disney World's never been shut down like this. You know, it's just something crazy. But even on top of that. You've got Steve Kerr out there, who's one of the biggest voices in the game right now, saying, why would we come back? Mm. That season was over. Why would we risk Clay and Steph getting hurt, you know, and missing a season like they missed this year? You know, does it make sense? No. And, and if you can't have a team come in, look, we talk about the Pelicans because we cover them. Schubert and I are wearing Pelican shirts, you know. Everyone knows Lennon's a huge Pelicans fan. At the end of the day, the Pelicans have one of the easiest finishing schedules against teams like Golden State. And yeah. if those easier teams aren't there for the Pelicans to beat, did they make the playoffs? And that's hard. something – that's why I think they have to – because they have to get a certain amount of games before the playoffs starts. You've got to do a that full buy. buy-in. It has yeah. to be a full buy-in. There's 15 games left or about 15 games. Just play the damn games. Exactly, you know? yeah. Cancel the season, move on to next year, or play the games. And, and look, if you're not going to play the season, then you have to take, like like we're saying, six through uh, – 12 6 through 11 and do a tournament you have to you have to let those teams like memphis the pels the spurt you have to let those teams who are on the cusp play to get a chance because then it just it'll allow you to keep your cable revenue by running those games then doing the playoffs it'll be better for the season better for the nba i'm cool if the warriors don't play anymore i'm cool but you got to do a buy-in because if not then it really makes no sense. And then you might as well just wait till December to, to do a new season. I have a question for you, Charles. Do you think the NFL, does this affect the NFL? I think it does. Like the NFL is trying to run their schedule on time. Uh, you see what college is doing. NCAA just voted that uh, college football um, and men and women's basketball will be able to return to workouts starting June 1st. But you have to think about everything that goes into it. Look, they're, uh, there's a report that came out today that Austin said they're not going to have large gatherings for 2020 until, you know, the end of 2020, looking to 2021. UT is one of the biggest universities and one of the, you know, most storied programs in college, in college football. football yeah. And look, LSU plays them this year, you know, so you take it back here. And look, maybe there's a, a year where we only have the NFL play. Uh, but, you know, I think college football and the NFL kind of go hand in hand together. And then the question is, is, you know, what do you do with fans? A lot of guys aren't going to want to play games without fans in the stands. That's you know, true. So. And and the thing is where I see basketball being easier to work is just for the simple fact that most football people, is a – Most people yeah. watch the game on TV. And football, you have 70,000-plus people go to each game. And not even that, not even that, like, let's not even look at the, just look at the teams and everybody associated with a team and who goes on the field. You have 52 members of a football team plus 10 to 15 plus more members of staff and doctors and everything that it's just so many people that have to be on the field where with basketball, yeah. you have 10 people, teams, maybe five. So coaches, like you maybe have 25 match people per side. And, I, I, I think the MLB has the, is the biggest uh, domino. When they fall, when they decide to return, that allows basketball two months after maybe to go because MLB is a sport that, yes, you have 
minimal contact, right? You see NASCAR has a race tonight. Um, I think it's 630 that they're supposed to run yesterday. But, you know, there's no contact in that. Yeah, look, pit crews are contacting each other, but there's still social distancing. When it comes to basketball, it's still sweaty body on sweaty body. You know, you're not going to wear a mask to play basketball. No, one wear gloves. And so when it comes to the NFL, you have to have steps. It, does the NFL start on time? Absolutely not. There's yeah. no way in hell it starts on time. And, you know, there's no way it starts until after, you know, September, maybe October is a, a date they have to start. And how long does it take for players to get ready? Even with the NBA. I mean, we all know that your yeah. shots can be impacted. If guys can't be at facilities, you know, are they shooting at home? Maybe, but it's not the same thing. We all they, know it's not the same thing. And the fact that the NBA lifted their whole drug policy, like the yeah. guys are coming back, like, yo, like these guys have to come back in shape. In the NFL, I'm more worried about because we see what happens when players miss training camps, when they don't get a full training camp. ACLs are torn left and right during the preseason. And if the NFL just wants to say, oh, we'll come back in October, how much time are you giving them before? Because if you start playing games, you're going to see major, major injuries in the NFL. Yeah, because you look at the NFL and it's a process that starts right after the the draft. You know, these guys have two to three months. It's starting like now. Where they're working out. But they spend four months getting ready for that season, which is a week in and week out thing. And look, you bring up ACLs. What about the NBA? Is it worth risking a player tearing an ACL, tearing something else? And Achilles, finish God forbid. To, to finish as the eighth team and get swept in your first round of the playoffs. And you're a team like the Pelicans. You're a team like Minnesota. Not, not Minnesota, uh, Memphis. And you're looking to become better the next year, have a better ability to have a higher seating. Why risk a guy like John Moran or Zion Williamson for 15 games to get swept in four games and, and you know, not make the playoffs year, but the next year. Especially if, let's say, the, it starts in July, it ends mid beginning of October. August. Octo- oh, yeah, in October. October. It's thing, you know? The season starts again in in Christmas. It's like it's right there, and it and it it's not worth all the injuries. I think yep. we made some some great points of this conversation. I really definitely enjoyed this. Let's start off with the NFL draft. And unlike the NBA, there's no lottery. So with the NFL draft, we're drafting the 2017 NFL draft and we're doing the whole first round. Charles has the first pick. Charles will be drafting for the Cleveland Browns. Charles, you're on the clock. Yeah, look, there's uh, there's not much time that I need to take to make this pick. Uh, he won a Super Bowl this year. He may become the best quarterback to ever play the game, but uh, Patrick Mahomes Ooh. is getting drafted first overall. Cleveland finally gets a quarterback. Do I care that Miles Garrett isn't there? No, because Miles Garrett honestly shouldn't even be in the top fifteen in this draft. So I think that um, I think that Cleveland finally gets a quarterback, and uh, trust me, he's a lot better than Baker. Yeah, no, there's look, there's no arguing with that. I'm I'm not mad at that pick. But like you said, Patrick Mahomes could go down as as arguably the greatest, depending on how some things go. But that guy has proven that he's amazing. I was kind of hoping he would fall a little bit, but <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad he didn't because it, it makes perfect sense. I have the second pick with the Chicago Bears, and I am on the clock. I am not taking Mitchell Trubisky. They need a quarterback. The second pick is the 49ers. Oh no, the second pick is the Bears, bro. It's from the 49ers. Do they switch them? The 49ers picks third. Gotcha. That was a trade. Yeah, so I'm with the second pick. I'm going with the second best quarterback in this draft who should have been taken. I'm going with Deshaun Watson. It just shows when 
he has a good offensive line and a good team behind him. He can win. He's shown that. The Texans are just a horrible, horrible system for him. Bill O'Brien's not a good coach. Matt, ne- Matt Nagy has shown he can put together an offense. He has a solid defense. And if he had a quarterback, the Chicago Bears would be winning games. I'm going to Sean Watson with the second pick. I think that is just, that's undeniable. So, Schubert, it's on you, the third pick with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, well, San Francisco, John Lynch was looking to build a young defense, and I think the perfect guy for his young defense would be Marshawn Lattimore. Ooh, interesting. You're not going Miles Garrett? No, I'm going to go Marshawn Lattimore. Oh, shit. All right. Interesting. Why, why Marshawn? Just out of curiosity. I mean, I think that he's one of the best defensive players available in the draft. At this point, You know, uh, San Francisco hadn't gotten Richard Sherman. Um, they were, they had Eric Reed and Jimmy Ward were their main two defensive backs. They, they needed a corner, might as well go for it at defensive, uh, on the defensive line already. They had DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead. So they really didn't need a, a, to go for Solomon Thomas that early when they can get someone like Marshawn Lattimore, who's a proven pro bowler. All right. I, I'm not mad at that pick. That was a shocker, but I ain't mad at it. All right, Charles, you're on the clock with the Jacksonville Jaguars with the fourth pick. Uh, look, Jacksonville is known for their defense. I, I think in 2017, you look at what, the, what Jacksonville needed at the time. And yes, they drafted a guy like Leonard Fournette, but we see that running backs just don't have that same ability to be as important as versatile players. Uh, yes, there's some guys that we'll talk about that I think are incredible, but they do both. Uh, that's something Leonard Fournette, you know, last year did better catching balls out of the backfield. But if I'm going to draft anyone here, I'm going to look at a receiver. And, you know, people bring up a guy like um, Juju Smith-Schuster. Leonard was bringing up Cooper Cup er- earlier. If I'm going to draft anyone, I'm drafting Chris Godwin. Uh, what I saw from uh, Tampa Bay last year is that, look, Mike Evans is a is a beast. We all know that. But Chris Godwin has a point after last year that he may be the number one receiver in Tampa Bay right now. Okay. How do you feel about this? Because I don't know if we've gotten your take on this, but how do you feel with you saying that pick, just to take a quick side note about Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans, and now getting Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady looking to the next season. I think Tampa Bay has the most weapons out of any NFL team uh, going into next year. Uh, They have two number one receivers in my opinion. Not only that, they have, two number one tight ends uh look do i think gronk is going to be old gronk absolutely not but you know i know what oj howard can do and i think oj howard is going to be their number one tight end but when you put out you know a guy like gronk in the end zone it's going to be hard to play defense against a team that's going to have four guys over six two uh catching balls in the end zone and especially in red zone situations the question is just can can 12 get the ball out and can 12 throw the ball down the field that's what we're going to have to see. Uh, the next pick, I have the Tennessee Titans with number five. They took Corey Davis wide receiver first. I'm going to go with a wide receiver as well for Tennessee, but I'm not going Corey Davis. I will go with Juju Smith-Schuster. I feel that he is the second best wide receiver on the board. Uh, and I think for that team, he gives them a number one option that they desperately need. And I am, and that's why I'm going with Juju smith Schuster. Schubert, at number six, you have the New York Jets. You are on the clock. All right. Well, for the New York Jets, they could have really used a quarterback here, but I just don't know if Mitch Trubitsky really is a guy that I really want to put on their team. Um, 
But what I do think they could really use is a great person to block for their crappy quarterbacks and to eventually be there for when Sam Darnold shows up. And that guy is Ryan Ramchick. Taking all the Saints' great draft picks. I see, but it makes sense. I'm not mad at that because Ryan Ramchick is one of the best offensive linemen in the league, if not, you know. In this draft. Yeah, exactly. The best. So I'm not mad at it at, at all. Charles, you are on the clock with the number seven pick for the Los Angeles Chargers. Look, Los Angeles, I, I think that they have a great defense, and like my pick with at number four. Um, uh, it would be easy to go with offense. Uh, I, I think that Los Angeles could really use a tackle, which is why I'm kind of upset that Ryan Ramchick just got picked. But it's hard for me to look at this draft and not look at a guy like T.J. Watt, uh, a guy that has immediate impact off the edge. Yes, look, I think that this defensive line over there is going to be nasty, but T.J. Watt made a Pro Bowl, uh, and he just keeps getting better and better. So with my pick at number seven, Los Angeles is going to take T.J. Watt. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm, I'm on the clock with number eight, Carolina, and they went offense with Christian McCaffrey. But after looking at their roster, if you look at their defensive end, Charles Johnson, he didn't do too much. Uh, Mario Addison, he didn't really do too much either. They're, they need a lot of pressure. They rely a lot on Luke Keekley, and I feel like if they added to that line, Luke Keekley maybe still be playing, and he wouldn't have a lot of pressure on him to get to the quarterback and make a lot of plays. I think we let Miles Garrett slip far enough, and I feel like with the number eight pick for the Carolina Panthers, I'm going with Miles Garrett to solidify that defense and make it stronger. And who knows, maybe if in this reality, Luke Keekley might not be retired because he had some help in that defense. So I'm going Miles Garrett, number eight for the Carolina Panthers. Schubert, you're on the clock with the Cincinnati Bengals at number nine. Just confirming, what receivers will we all take? Uh, the receivers that have been taken are Chris, Chris Godwin and Juju Smith-Schuster. Everybody else is available. All right. Well, with that being said, you know, they picked John Ross here. This is the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. And um, there's definitely way better receivers in this draft than uh, John Ross, even though I don't hate, hate on John Ross. John Ross, but... I think he he didn't live up to the development of himself, but he ran a, a solid forward. Four, I mean, two, he, he landed with fast. the Bengals. And that's the thing. With the Bengals, he didn't have a quarterback at the time, but he was dropping balls that year. I remember that very vividly. He was he was a bust. But he ended up gathering, like, but from the year after to, to the next year, he grew as a player. So I'm not mad at John Ross. I think he'll be successful with uh, Joe Burrow. But at number nine, I don't know if he was the right pick for them. Yeah, but for number nine, I'm going to go ahead and get Cooper Cup. Ah, okay, solid. He'll be good for when um when uh Joe Burrow is there and have two solid options with AJ Green. I'm not mad at that. All right, Charles, you're on the clock with number ten, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Kansas City's not drafting here. Oh, because no. Kansas City traded for Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes isn't there, right? Yeah. So why would they trade above the Saints to get that quarterback? Uh, instead, Buffalo's going to keep their pick, and I have Buffalo going and taking my favorite safety in this draft, and that's Jamal Adams. Uh, a guy that's going to fall to number 10 for Buffalo to trade out of that spot, I think would be dumb. Uh, they end up getting Tredavious White in this pick. I, look, London, if you don't draft Tredavious White next pick, <laughs> I'm going to come out Lafayette right now and slap you. But uh, Buffalo is going to go ahead and take Jamal Adams at number 10. I think this is a home run pick for Buffalo. It definitely is. And I was going to take, if you were to let him slip, I was going to take uh, Jamal Adams 
with that next pick for the Saints. And I think I think you already made my pick for me, and I think it makes a lot of sense. But Tredavious White has been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. I think he's top five. He's, he's led that Buffalo defense. And I think for the Saints, if you can't get Marshawn Lattimore or Jamal Adams, you have to take an LSU guy. And uh, not just an LSU guy, but one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And all the, all the Saints fans who are fans of LSU can be happy in this universe because we've taken Tredavious White at uh, number 11. So super solid for the Saints to uh, land that guy. Schubert, you're on the clock with number 12, Houston Texans. Uh, oh, so it's Houston Texans? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And their um, quarterback is gone, and they're in shambles. <laughs> Yeah, they are pretty much in shambles. He might have to pick Mitch Trubisky. He might. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to pick Mitch Trubisky because if anything is better than Tom Savage. (laughs) Oh, and Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking the ones in the draft, I mean, I'm definitely not going to draft Deshaun Kaiser. He's at the league now. (laughs) Yeah, he is. So you're taking Trubisky? Yeah, I'm going to take Trubisky. All right, cool, cool. Charles, you're on the clock number 13 with the Arizona Cardinals. Look, uh, I think that... Arizona has some needs. I think we can all agree with that. I really want to take a running back here because I think there's some uh, dynamic running backs, but David Johnson's still in Arizona. So uh, over here with the um, 13th pick with Arizona, I'm going to go George Kittle. I think that he is a tight end that can impact the game in multiple aspects. And uh, I think George Kittle really in terms of talent is a top five to six player in this draft Uh, to get him at 13. I think it's a steal. I'm not mad at that pick because George Kittle is arguably the best tight end in the NFL right now. It's either him or uh, Kelsey, and I like that pick a lot. Um, Next up, I'm with the Eagles, and they took Derek Barnett, and Barnett has been a a pretty damn good uh, defensive lineman for them, and it, and he solidifies their their uh solidifies their um their line. And he has a total of. 14 sacks, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries so far in his career. Man, this is tough. Do I want to go Barnett or do I want to go um, Jonathan Allen? I'm going to go – I'm going to keep their pick of Derek Barnett for uh, the Eagles with number 14. He makes the Super Bowl winning sack. Yeah, I know. That, that's why it's hard for me to, to, to not go yeah. with him. Schubert, you're on the clock with the Indianapolis Colts, number 15. And I went uh, to the Bowl this year. Just saying. Who, the Eagles? The, yeah. You think they will? I don't think they will. Oh, yeah, I don't think they you will. Can't, you can't make that sack. <laughs> True. Yeah, without <laughs> without him. Uh, So, the next pick is the Colts. They need uh, defensive backs. I actually really like their pick. I think I might just keep it. I mean, Malik Hooker has been a, been a pretty good player for them, and he was the need at the time. So I'm going to keep Malik Hooker. I'm not mad at that at all, Charles. You are on the clock with the next pick of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, look, I think that uh, the Ravens and this pick, they went and drafted Marlon Humphrey. I think that that's still a really good pick. But I think there's a cornerback that's a little bit better. I'm going to go with Desmond King. Uh, Desmond King had his first two seasons had a really good draft grade Uh, this past season he fell but he was still 37th uh, out of 114 qualifying cornerbacks so uh, with the 16th pick I'm going to go with Desmond King 
I like that pick a lot. And for me, with the 17th pick, with the Washington Redskins, they took Jonathan Allen, but he really didn't do too much for them. And I feel that they need it. I, I can go, I'm going defense here. I can go D line or I can go cornerback. I'm going to go cornerback just for the fact that I'm taking best player available. And because you just passed on him, I'm going Marlon Humphrey for the Washington Redskins to play alongside uh, Josh Norman and to solidify that defensive, uh, the, the back half of the field. So I'm going Marlon Humphrey for the 17th pick with the Washington Redskins. Schubert, you're on the clock. Tennessee Titans, number 18. Yeah, I kind of wanted to go there with Humphrey, but who did uh, we take at six? Who's that? Is that me? Yep, you took Ryan Ramchick. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's Ryan. right. Yeah, you, you gone. Perfect. That helps immensely because I wanted to go ahead and address the receiver position. And oh, I, the Titans, let me say the Titans are at number five. I already took a receiver. I took Juju Smith. This is Tampa Bay. This oh is no, Tampa Bay this, yeah, this is Tampa, okay. Was yeah, it, it's not the Titans with the Dory Jackson at number eighteen. Mm-hmm. No, well, are we at eighteen or we're yeah, number, we're eighteen? Yeah, we're at eighteen. Okay. Schubert's, Schubert's picking for the Titans. Okay. Yeah, and and have a receiver. Did we we didn't take Mike Williams yet? No, but I uh, I'm saying I'm just telling you at number five for the Titans. The Titans already had a pick, and I took Juju Smith Schuster. They had the they had the number fifth pick. Oh, that's right, so, because we switched it. Yeah. Oh, I got you. So I'm okay. just I'm just telling you, you could take another wide receiver if you no, want. No, no, no. But that's one, fine. That's but fine. one that's was fine. taken. See, so, yeah, that's why I was making sure. Um. Yeah. So. That's why I wanted to go. I wanted to keep like the on the same Adoree Jackson wave of getting a corner, but I just don't know if he's the best player out there right now. Man, it's a tough. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to look at corners for you. There's not many great ones left. No, no, but you have that safety in Eddie Jackson who's out there. That is true. At this point, they have. Um, Cyprin and Bayard, who are pretty good and, safeties. Yeah, Bayard's pretty damn good. Yeah, but so, in, 20, in 2017, that's whenever they got Kenny Vaccaro. Or 2018, hmm. I think, is when they got Kenny Vaccaro. That All right. True. It was either 18 Let's or 19, see. I don't remember. They got Derrick Henry already. There also is a guy in um, Marcus Williams that's out there as well. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to... Th- lean towards getting Eddie Jackson. Because I think Eddie Jackson kind of fits that Adoree Jackson mold. He was a guy who was a returner in Alabama, same as Adoree Jackson. It kind of gives him an element of speed, and he can play corner and safety. Okay. I'm not mad at that. All right, so you took uh, Eddie Jackson with the 18th pick. Charles, you're on the clock with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the 19th pick. Uh, Man, what does Tampa Bay need? Offense, right? (laughs) Their defense is getting better and better. We've seen that, and we talked about Tampa Bay earlier, saying they have a lot of weapons. Look, they they do. They drafted a Chris Godwin, but he's not there anymore, right? So uh, who's the most electrifying player that's still out there? Uh, Christian McCaffrey at 19. I think that this is a perfect fit. They don't have a running back. Um, we've seen this Tampa Bay offense struggle immensely uh, with Jameis Winston. And whenever you get a guy like CMC, I, I think that he can do stuff as a ball carrier, but it can also catch pa- uh, passes out of the backfield. Uh, man, this is going to make Tampa Bay a really hard team to beat. Yes, it will. I like that pick a lot for me. I'm on the clock with the Denver Broncos at number 20. They took Garrett Bowles offensive line, but 
Garrett Bowles is not on that team anymore. They did not extend his rookie deal. They didn't sign him. He didn't produce. So this is kind of a free pick for me. I'm going to go offense because if you look at the Broncos, I don't think they had a real running back at this point. I know uh, C.J. Anderson, I think, had 1,000 yards, three touchdowns that season. But I'm going to upgrade from C.J. Anderson. I'm going to go with the Saints guy that they found, the diamond in the rough, to add explosives to that team. And now with Drew Locke and the people that they have, he would he would look really well in this team in 2020. I'm going Alvin Kamara for the Denver Broncos at pick number 20. All right, Schubert, you're on the clock. 21, Detroit Lions. Um, I just really think it's funny to stick Dalvin Cook in another NFC stinker. NFC North stinker. So go ahead and just stick him up there in <laughs> Detroit. Detroit they need they need a running back. He's better than Amir Abdullah. <laughs> yes, he is. All right, Charles, you are on the clock with the Miami Dolphins, pick 22. Now, Miami is a team that could really go anywhere. I think that Miami has so many holes still to this day. Um, look, I, I think this is a spot where they could go out and get a tackle. Uh, I really like Deion Dawkins um, and what he's been able to do. Uh, his run back in, run blocking and pass grade, uh, blocking grades have been good so far through his three years uh, as a tackle. I think that Miami could use a tackle here, and they go with Deion Dawkins. All right, cool. I like that pick. I'm on the clock with the uh, uh, New York Giants, the New York football Giants, and they took uh, Evan Ingram in this draft. And at this point, I think I'm going to go – offensive line because I could go OJ Howard, but we see that the New York Giants' line just isn't that good. And with Ryan Ramchek gone, there's only one really great lineman left. I'm going to go Cam Robinson with the 23rd pick with the New York Giants to give them an uh, offensive lineman and allow them to start building that up now, whereas they can get a tight end later in the draft. Schubert, you're on the clock with the Oakland Raiders. It's time to get another big time receiver for them. They are having Mari Cooper at this, at this moment, but Seth Roberts hasn't emerged and Michael Crabtree's fading. Let's bring in Mike Williams. Ooh, okay. Solid. Super, super solid. All right, Charles, you're on the clock with the Cleveland Browns. Is it Cleveland or is it Houston? It is Cleveland. Cause they got the trade from Houston. It's Cleveland. At 25. Yeah. At 25. Uh, that's Houston. No, they, they, I'm telling you, they traded the Houston traded them pick to Cleveland. 25, yes. Yeah, because he, he takes, they take Jabril Peppers. Okay, well, I, look, Jabril Peppers went th- there, and um, I, I think that in this draft, uh, Jabril's not going to be in the first round. I think that this is a spot for Marcus Williams to go. Uh, Marcus Williams has been one of the better safeties, one of the better graded safeties. Um, and I look, I think the Saints had one of the best, if not yeah. the best drafts <laughs> in their history. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you have two guys that were drafted and then later, you know, third round or later show up in this draft. And I think that's why you have Marcus Williams going to uh, Cleveland at 25. I think the fact that we've drafted damn near the entire Saints draft already shows how good the 2017 Saints draft class was. I, the 20, I think the 2017 Saints draft, really changed the forecast of how the Saints moved going forward after this year. They get Michael Thomas the year before, and then with this draft, you get Kamara, Ramchek, Michael Williams, and Lattimore. You solidify your team with four starters, and I think this is what made you at least, Charles, let me not speak for you, but I think this is at least what it did. Put your faith in Jeff Ireland and Mickey Loomis because of this draft. 
Yeah, absolutely. 100%. All right, I am on the clock now with the Atlanta Falcons. They took Tack McKinley, but Tack McKinley ain't really been doing too much. Um, Shit, man, you already took Kevin King. I think I'm going to go with Malik McDowell with this. Oh, no, Malik McDowell went to jail. Oh, geez, no. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, God damn it. Um, Malik McDowell was a baller. Oh, man. Um, They need a tackle. They do. They need a defensive tackle. Um, shit. Uh, I think I'll go. This guy's still playing, and I, I think. Oh, well, no, he got switched around. I was going to say Taco Charlton, but. I would go Taylor Morton. Taylor Morton, where's. Where Starting tackle for the Panthers. Uh, he was drafted later. Uh, but, you know, didn't get a starting role until second season. But, uh, you know, his last two seasons as a pass protector, he's earned high grades in the last two years. So I think. Uh, All right, I'm going I'm to go. I'm going to rock with you. I think I think you helped me out a lot. I think I'm going to go with uh, Taylor Morton with the Atlanta Falcons. I appreciate that help because I did not know where they should go. All right, Chubich, on the clock with the Buffalo Bills. They took tradition. The Chiefs. White. The oh, Chiefs. yeah, with the Chiefs. So the Ch- yeah, you're the Chiefs. So the uh, the Chiefs, they end up making a pretty good pick later on in the draft as well. And I'm going to go ahead and just make it now, late first. And <laughs> I know what Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. You, you just going for just going straight for running backs. So <laughs> he, he he is he is paying these running backs. I'm not mad at it. All right, Charles, you're on the clock with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, look, a guy you know that Dallas really needs they need some safety help as we've seen but they did draft someone later uh in this draft actually it was a six-round selection in Xavier Woods uh I think that he finds the, the Cowboys as a home but in the first round this year uh I, I don't think this is a spot where Taco Charlton goes uh you know I think Xavier Woods is a good good safety and he really helps the Cowboys in the situation I like it. I like it. With the Cleveland Browns, they took David and Joku, and that's my pick. I'll go tight end, but I'm going to go with the best tight end in the damn draft. And because the Cleveland Browns have Pat Mahomes, let's give him some weapons. I'm going O.J. Howard to give him a tight end that can that he can grow with. And David and Joku has shown that he is not the best pass catcher. He is he hasn't lived up to the hype that he's had. I'm going O.J. Howard with the 29th pick for the Cleveland Browns. Schubert, you're on the clock with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I also want to go tight end, and I want to go with the the Giants tight end, Evan Ingram. Oh, I like it. Solid. All right, Charles, you're on the clock, 31st. San Francisco 49ers, we took Reuben Foster and got kind of shit on and made Saints fans happy they didn't take Reuben Foster. Uh, if I'm going to go linebacker here, I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Jayon Brown. Uh, you know, I think he's done really good so far in his career. Uh, I think he's done good enough to especially be a first round pick with the 49ers needing linebacker help. I think Brown will be a good, uh, a good linebacker to add. He's got really good coverage grade skills. Um, so, you know, I think that Brown is a good pick here for the 49ers. All right. Solid. And I have the last pick with the New Orleans Saints because Ryan Ramchick and, uh, Cam Robinson is gone, both uh, offensive linemen that they could use. I'm going to actually make another LSU pick because Alvin Kamara is gone. The one running back that the Saints uh, could use, and it would bring a lot of hype. It would bring a lot of fans base. It would sell a lot of tickets, and maybe this guy would do really well under the Sean Payton system. I'm bringing Leonard Fournette to the New Orleans Saints. He falls pretty far, 
but he finds a, a solid home in New Orleans. Leonard Fournette for the New Orleans Saints final pick. A running back room full of power backs. Yeah, man. It, look, we'll get rid of uh, who was with us at the. Ingram, we'll get rid of Mark Ingram, Ingram. Peterson. Yeah, we'll, we'll, oh, they gotta go. <laughs> we need a pass catching back, but it allowed for some good trades. All right, solid. Does, we did. Does, does Fournette end up with the Saints this offseason? Mm, that's mm, possible I, if we don't sign if we don't possible. sign uh, Camaro because Camaro's gonna want a lot of money, and I don't know if we should pay him. How do you feel about that? Because I always said that. When it comes to Ramchek, Kamara, and Lattimore, and Thomas, I never wanted to give Thomas all that money, but because we did, we can't look at that. I think you got to pay Lattimore and Ramchek, and if Kamara walks, he walks. Yeah, you let Von Bell walk, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Me neither. I think he's a better safety than Marcus Williams, just in my opinion. But look, um, Marcus Williams is another guy you're going to have to pay. When you go down the road, you've got two defensive tackles you have to think about pl- paying this year, and Rankins on Yamada. Um, I, I think that, you know, Kamara's time as a saint is probably over, yeah. you know, I think the saints tried to trade him and just the running back market isn't there. You know, maybe he goes and tests the market and comes back with the saints because I think that the saints, are, you know, have the ability to make him into a better player, but, you know, at the same time with this being breezes last year, and anyone that says it's not his last year is crazy. They just don't know what they're talking about. I, I, I mean, think... Senator Sean Payton there downright said it. So, <laughs> what? That's his last year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he said it in an interview. Yeah. And and then he had to go back and say, oh, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's Breeze's last year, guys. I'm glad so, you agree with that. So, you know, with that being said, I think that's the only reason Kamara stays is because the Saints look to get weapons around a new quarterback, whether it's a guy they draft or whether it's a guy that they bring in as a free agent, or, you know, maybe Jameis Winston, you know? So with that being said, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think Kamara's got a good shot to stay, but that's only because Breeze is leaving. 100%. I, I, I Look, I, I, I agree with that, but like like we said, if it comes down to him wanting superstar running back money, he, he's gone, because it's just shown that from Zeke to, to Todd Gurley, it's just shown when you pay these running backs, it just doesn't work out. It, it just doesn't. So we'll see how that goes. Let's go to the 2015 NBA draft, our final redraft of the day. Charles has the first pick with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, look, I think that Minnesota drafted a really good guy in Carl Anthony Towns. It's really hard to go away from him, right? But, you know, if I'm looking at this Minnesota team, what does Minnesota need? They need someone that can take this team and, and be a difference maker. Um, and I think this is a surprise for some people here, but I'm going to go ahead and take Devin Booker God uh, one it. overall. Oh, my gosh. I was going to take Devin Booker with the I Lakers. Know you were. That was I know gonna, you were. Oh, man. Put him with LeBron and AD. We were winning a championship. Buck. <laughs> God. That just ruined my whole shit. All right. Cool, cool. Whatever. Solid. I love that pick because that was, <laughs> was going to be my pick. All right. Second pick, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, it was taken by the Lakers. Am I going to go with D'Angelo? Oh, man. Oh, shit. They end up trading me. Like, all these pieces that they that they get for this trade. I'm trying to think of who would make it in the past. Uh, You know what? Because I'm not taking Carl Anthony Towns here because that, that makes no sense. Um, Well, it, he could play center. AD could play four. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go Carl Anthony Towns second with the Lakers. I'm gonna go yeah, Carl. I was about to say, are you crazy? Yeah, I'm going to go right. Carl. I, think. I was trying to convince myself of Porzingis, but I don't think Porzingis and AD pair well. So 
But all right, Schubert, you're on the clock number three with the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, well, I'm not going to go with Jill Okafer as much <laughs> as I like the guy. But uh, I, I, I will just go ahead and, you know, they're going to get in beat eventually. So I want to stay away from getting like a center. And there's a center that I really would want to get for them. But I'll just go ahead and get Porzingis. Solid. Should Porzingis and, and Embiid and and Ben Simmons, that's a big ass team, but they might they might do some damage. All right, Charles, you're on the clock with the New York Knicks. I'm trading my pick away and I'm not drafting anybody. <laughs> <laughs> might as well be good. Like that, that, you might have saved their career. There's a pick that you should make though for New I, York. I, I, I think there's two guys you could go here. Um I think if there's someone that Lyndon thinks I should take, it's probably D'Angelo Russell. Because I think that it would be good for the Knicks to get that. Look, you know, he made his career in Brooklyn. But if I'm looking at making a franchise better, I'm taking Miles Turner. Ooh, all right, all right. See, that was who I wanted to get at the Knicks. The Knicks Knicks players will boo GM Charles Reese because D'Angelo Russell is not. Hey, guess what? If I'm the GM, I'm making a ton of money, so I don't care. (laughs) All right, I'm next up with Orlando Magic. And look. Orlando took Mario Hazonia, another small forward. They do not need any more fucking small forwards, power forwards, or centers. They have a stock. Get a guard now. I'm going D'Angelo Russell with the Orlando Magic. We don't have to get faults later down the line and have to worry about that. You put D'Angelo Russell with Evan Fournier, Vucevic, Aaron Gordon. That's a playoff team. I'm going D'Angelo Russell with the Orlando Magic. And I think we see him blossom because... In the Lakers, we just know how big of a the big market affects some of these guys. And I just feel like in Orlando, he would have a home and he could be potentially a career guy for them and, and have and have his career go the right way and, and him actually develop into that guy we saw in Brooklyn a lot earlier than we did. So I'm going D'Angelo Russell with the Orlando Magic. Uh, Schubert, you're on the clock with the Sacramento Kings. Hmm. Sacramento Kings, huh? Well, they went. They got Willie Cauley Stein. Their team is terrible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is they have Rondo at this time, but I mean, it's the Kings Rondo. I mean, what Rondo was that? The terrible one. Um, they got Rudy Gay, who at this point is aged and terrible. Demarcus Cousins. So I don't even know why they got Cauley Stein. I'm gonna go with Larry Nance Jr. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Oh, interesting. <laughs> that's, out of, that's out of nowhere. Larry Nance, okay. Cool. All right, Kelly Oubre. <laughs> Are you going Kelly Oubre next? With, uh, uh, that's, that's it. <laughs> with Denver? All right, cool. I'm not mad at that. All right, for me next with uh, I have the Pistons. And the Pistons could go for anybody. We're not taking Stanley Johnson, though. Um, I'll go with Terry Rozier here for the Detroit Pistons at number eight. Charles, you're on the clock. Oh, no, Schubert, you're on the clock with the Charlotte. No, I got it. Charlotte. So I'm making MJ's pick. Yeah. And what trash decision did he make this time? He Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> After not that a terrible pick. pick. After not that was not a terrible pick. I mean, he had to make it that pick in that year. Yep. So they have Batum. They have Kemba. They have Jeremy Lin. Yeah. I mean, if you're, Lee. Gonna, if you're gonna pick like Michael, then you know you might as well pick Jaleel. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, he would have definitely taken him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take Jaleel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charles, you bring him, bring him to the hometown. Charles, you're on the clock with the with the Miami Heat. 
Uh, Miami in this pick takes Justin Winslow. Guess what? I'm taking Justice Justin Winslow. Winslow. <laughs> yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I'm not mad at it. All right, I got the Indiana Pacers. They took a center here. And with Miles Turner being gone, I'm trying to see the other centers that would be. You want me to help? Because if you don't pick Montrezl Harrell here. Oh, I didn't even know Montrezl was in this draft. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's who I was going to pick until you guys convinced me. Hell yeah. I'm going to go with Montrezl Harrell because I was going to take Willie Hernan Gomez and think I made a smart pick. But (laughs) all right, cool. Uh, Yeah, I'm going Montrezl Harrell. Solid. Super solid. All right. Uh, Schubert, you're on the clock with the uh, Utah Jazz. Yeah, they picked Trey Lyles. They also got Neto in this draft. So it was a really bad draft for them. They hadn't emerged yet. Uh, they have Trey Burke, Rodney Hood, Joe Ingles, Young, uh, Gordon Hayward, and Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. Uh, I think you could really just kind of put anyone in there. But I'll go ahead and get, say, Josh Richardson. Hard. I like that pick. There's, I, that, I do like that pick. There's two guys. Josh was one of those. There's another guy that I'm looking at that's that that should go up early. I like that pick as well. All right, Charles, you're on the clock with the Phoenix Suns, who took Devin Booker. Oof. Yeah, they got a really good pick in Devin Booker, and it's crazy because the Phoenix Suns usually are towards the top of the draft, and that's probably the best pick they've had in the past five years. <laughs> Big thanks. Um, with that being said, look, I don't think Larry Nance is a terrible pick here. I think oh no, Schubert already took him. I took him. Oh, you took Larry Dance already. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where you went. Ooh. Oh, I did do that. I forgot. <laughs> forgot why I did that. Um, I'll go with Norman Powell. All right, solid. All right. There's there's another guy. Let's see that I was thinking of. Is it? Okay, yeah. Okay. See, I'm gonna take him now. They took Cameron Payne. This is KD list. Uh, okay. Oh no, KD's still here, but he's getting ready to leave soon. I'm gonna add depth to that team, and I'm gonna uh draft Pat Connaughton to the uh to the Oklahoma City Thunder and I think that solidifies that team and adds another shooter it gives depth it's way better than their pick of Cameron Payne Jesus Christ all right uh Schubert you're on the clock with Kelly Oubre and then Charles will have the last pick with the Boston Celtics mm, uh, obviously the guards for Washington are good, are great um so I'm gonna go someone on the lower low post Let's do Bobby Portis. Yeah, I just that's the name I just scrolled over. That was like, oh, he's still here? Bobby Portis. Yeah. He's in the trap. All right, Charles, you're the final pick with the Boston Celtics. Terry Rozier is gone. Which way are you going? I really want to draft Kevin Looney, but that's I'm not going to. Oh, that's a, that's a smart pick. <laughs> I'm going to draft Rondé Hollis-Jefferson here. You like – okay, I'm going to ask this. You like Rondé over Seti Osman? I do. Okay. I do. I don't think Seti Osman's a top 20 guy in this draft. No. I'm not mad at that. Rodney I mean, do you seriously want to talk about, like, do you not remember the bet that we had about <laughs> Steady Osman? I like, do. Are you serious? <laughs> Wait, Justin, when you watch this, you owe me $100 still. <laughs> left, I mean, you could have gone left. Let me just say some of the people left are Quinn Cook, um, Royce O'Neal. I, I, I just don't think Quinn Cook Manuel has, Moutier. has a, you know, Look, when you go with an NBA draft, you're talking about undrafted guys, which we had like three or four in here. You talk about guys in the second round that end up having a bigger impact. And look, the NBA, if anything, is one of the most interesting things to redraft that first round. There's only two rounds, right? Yeah. And there's not that many guys that can have impact on rosters. And if you look what we did in the top 16 picks, 
all those guys have a spot to start. You know, they could start on those teams. You know, if you're going to bring up a guy like Quinn Cook, in my opinion, that guy is a backup point guard on some teams. Role player. And not even a role player. I don't even think he's a backup point guard on the Warriors after uh, Steph comes back and they're at full strength. You know, I don't think he has a spot in that roster. You know, the Pelicans, I think, had a good thing going with him, but they kind of made him into who he was. And, and, you know, then he went and joined a roster that was already loaded, you know, and and was able to get some good minutes with, you know, two all-stars on the floor whenever he was running with the second team. So, you know, look, Quinn Cook is a second-round guy, but he's not getting drafted by me in the first round. I'm not mad at it at all. You make make great points. And like you said, like some of the guys fell, Manuel Moutier, uh, Willie Cully Stein, Stanley Johnson. That's the best thing I think about redrafting this NBA draft because it's like you see the chances that some of these people take, but like a lot of the misses, man. Like, yeah. like I don't get what, uh, like I think uh, New York was smart with Porzingis, but if you look at Philly with Okafor, Orlando with Mario Hazonia, I'd even yeah, say- Okafor, Okafor at the time was not a bad pick. It wasn't. By any means. I mean, you're talking about- a guy that Okafor, in some people's opinion, fell. You know, yeah. did anyone think Devin Booker was going to turn out to what he was? Absolutely and, not. And because yeah. of the NBA change that we have with the with the Warriors coming out, yep. going from big ball to small ball, you exactly. make a great, you make and, a good point. And, and and look, you know, if there's any league, uh, you know, MLB drafts really aren't talked about much. It's usually NFL and NBA. But if there's any league that has the most misses when it comes to drafts, it's, it's the, NBA. the NBA. Yeah, and and, and why? Because you have the one and done. I think Thanks. if you had guys that played three years, and this is a discussion for another day, but if you had a three-year limit on guys coming into the NBA, I guarantee you would not have the misses that you do. And yet the NBA wants to keep pushing for guys not even having to go to college. I mean, come on, guys. Like, do you still want to continue to make your rosters look terrible? Because you're doing a good job of it. Because if you look point. at the NBA, there are a lot of good guys in the NBA and on today's rosters that are good after the third or fourth season, because it takes that much time for their bodies to mature, grow, and get the strength to play at the NBA and play that 82-game season, plus the playoffs. And, and if you look at the guys that they that aren't picked high, the, not the one-and-dones, the guys that you take uh, some of the later rounds and some of the later picks, like Clay Thompson, he wasn't a, a one-and-done. You look at Dame, you look at freaking Giannis and, and Kawhi, some of these later picks in the teens. We even said Dave, Devin Booker. It just shows, like, if there's anything, the NBA has a scouting problem. Yeah, facts. They don't know how to evaluate talent when it comes to the NBA. Yeah, look, your top five guys are are pretty much usual locks, you know? But even in this draft, I mean, you look at what we did in the top five, you know? Carl uh, Anthony Towns is there. G'Angelo Russell is there. Jaleel Okafor is not. Porzingis is, not, is there. So three of the top five we have still there, right? You know, which to me it's just kind of crazy because – you just look at that year's draft and, you know, three of those top five are important players. But, you know, I think you could even switch one of those guys out and say only two of the top five really belong there. True. And then you, now, you look at a guy, like you said, with Montrez Harold, who was picked so low, but it just shows how much of an impact that type of guy has on a team and how conducive he is to winning compared to some of these top five guys. Jack, now, how big of a concern is is this NBA draft, you know, with huge. not huge. knowing all, all the question marks about it? I mean. We didn't. I feel like usually you could, if the tournament didn't happen, maybe you would assess some players that aren't overrated. But now I think they needed the tournament at this point because I just don't no, know if there's enough. Did. 
Uh, this, is be, this is going to be a weird NBA draft because really there aren't clear cut number one players. You Not know? at all. If there was anything about this year's college basketball season, it was that there wasn't a favorite. Any team could win. Look, I really liked LSU's chances of making a run in, in the tourney just because they had some veteran leadership, but thought they could do something. It's something that we were planning to talk about before coronavirus started. And you look at this year's draft, not only does it affect the NBA for next year, but it's going to affect college programs and guys. I, I mean, I cover LSU. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to those guys, guys like Javante smart guys, like, you know, Emmett Williams is leaving, but he has no business in my opinion. Yeah, those dudes need Darius, to stay. Various days is probably going to come back. But if there's a, you know, there's a March Madness run for him, they're going to see his ability to shoot the ball, play defense, and play down low on the post. And a guy like Trenton Watford, I, I saw him progress so much in the season. Without that March Madness, with, with such a late uh, draft process, they're talking about running the NBA draft process in August. If that happens a guy like Trenton Watford probably comes back and you're looking at not only college baseball, it's something we've been talking about of having the best college baseball season in terms of talent of all time. You're going to have maybe the best NBA talent wise of all time next year. And that's something like, I think with the NCAA tournament that we needed, because there's guys like Cole Anthony, for example, who needed to play in that tournament to show where he's at. I think that's a guy that needs to come back, even though he's a highly touted recruit, he's going to go, but though they're, Without this tournament, you see it's going to be a lot more misses than than hits, I think, with this NBA draft. It's going to be interesting to see coming up soon. But that's all the time we have today. Uh, Charles, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. Um, personal Twitter is on is at uh, Crease30, C-R-E-E-S 30. But follow the Primetime Podcast as, uh, look, recruiting's coming up. Josh and I have been talking about getting some things going as well as with Blake as we look to see what's going to happen this year. So follow the primetime podcast at primetime underscore pod as we look to get LSU uh, LSU podcast going again. Yeah, they've been keeping us up to date with the recruiting on the Twitter. Y'all make sure y'all go follow them over there and get ready for the pods when they come back. Schubert, where can they find you at on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at hschubert14 and also listen to the Bros Who Binge podcast on Mondays. Well, what Wednesday today. this week? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, next week we're gonna have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff, as well as we're still reviewing Avatar: The Last Airbenders. These episodes are really, really good and really foreshadow what's coming up in the series. And it's gonna be nice to look at the themes of these upcoming episodes. I think it's time to have a Bros Who Think Bros Who Binge episode, and we can all talk about what we've been binging during quarantine because I've got a ton. You can come on and talk about. with us. You can come on this week. We ain't got shit to do. Hey, we've been watching fire, uh, Little Fires Everywhere. We got to finish. Is the that last. good? Oh, I'm pretty good. Oh, oh well, cut. Yeah, come on this week. We talk oh. about it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, all right. You can follow me at LimbyWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Uh, tomorrow, when you guys hear this at nine o'clock, me and Crystal will be doing our live uh, on Instagram where you guys can come in, ask us questions about anime. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Be sure to check out the most recent episode at hashtag anime talk. Um, be sure to check out the most recent episode of bros who binge, but for all information on all the pods throughout the network, follow us at bros. Who think on Twitter, be sure to subscribe to Apple podcast, Spotify, leave a comment, but we're on YouTube now. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page, bros. Who think network, but other than that, that's all the time we have this week for Charles, for Schubert, for Brooklyn, for Doom. My name is Lyndon Burton. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Until then, be safe and peace. Kick shit, sign shit. Bad bitch, not me. I
pockets and he count thousands. OP, three hockeys. Still don't need co signing. Still in the flats where you find me. Still riding around getting noggin'. Pass us these rappers still trying. I'm stalling this bitch like I'm Gyro. You niggas like Krill and you cobbles. You can't run from all your problems. Like Pilaf and turn to a toddler. These bitches like Bama be bobbles. I'm focused like I'm with the net. My bitch get the yank, get it in. Beyblade spinning the bins. Yeah, niggas spinning them Benjamins, chasing M&Ms. I need all the dividends. My niggas monsters be gremlin, chopping blades like Kenshin. Corners we bending them. Hop on the beat with adrenaline. Niggas is copycats like Tim Tim. My bitches yellow like Simpson. All that bullshit you saying, I'm seeing like T in my third eye is peeping. You dreaming like hypno, jockin' the drip like dead toe. With cereal on my body, pillow.